What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bloke in a Bar, a very, very special episode because it is week one of the 2022 NRL season. We are at the start. I'm not going to take this year for granted, baby. Last year, I took it for granted. I just mosey on into round one. I didn't appreciate it. I'm going to sit back and I'm going to enjoy it. Now, round one, so it is Bloke Merch Drop. It is Footy Cliche 2022. Tonight, 7 p.m. New South Wales time, 6 p.m. Queensland time for Bloke Club members only. It is free to join the Bloke Club. It takes 30 seconds. Go to www.bloke.club, sign up, takes literally 20 to 30 seconds. Then you will get an email. If you're already a Bloke Club member, you would have already gotten an email. Check your spam or your inbox. It should be there. It'll give you the code to be ready for 7 p.m. or 6 p.m. tonight. You go to the site, you put in the code, you'll be able to grab the Bloke Club merch. We have cliches, eyes up footy. We've got this year is our year. We've got full credit to the boys. We've got new hats. We've got new socks. Make sure to be there because there's a limited amount of stock. Huge, huge launch. Also, this Thursday at the DY Hotel in Manly, 6.30 p.m. with Hello Sport, the first ever bloke live event, the first ever one. Come down and enjoy a great, great show by myself and Hello Sport. The first ever one. You can say you came to the first one because we're going to hopefully eventually tour different places, depending how uh, Thursday night goes. It'll be from 6.30 up till kickoff, and then we'll come around and mingle with everyone. It'll be going to be an awesome, awesome night. So get down. Uh, and come enjoy a beer and the footy. But as usual, let's get straight into it, baby! Just a bloke in a bar. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to an extremely special episode of Bloke in a Bar because it is week one of the 2022 NRL season. Get around it, get excited, fire up your cats because we are absolutely aroused right now. Lucky this this huge, heavy desk is here because I tell you what, this would be turned into an R-rated uh, video very quickly. Now, before we get into the rugby league chatter, we must say that today is the day. Footy Cliche 2022 merch is dropping tonight at 7 p.m. AEDT. That's Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Is that correct, Kuru? That's the one. Where's the S, though? Daylight, sorry, the, yeah, savings time. That's one of the world's great mysteries that they've just got rid of the S. Uh, but... 7 p.m. New South Wales time, 6 p.m. Queensland time. You guys can see it. We've got the new hats. We've got the new socks, the new black bloke socks, but we have the footy cliche. We've got the eyes up footy. We've got this year is our year, and we've got full credit to the boys. Now, you must be a member of the Bloke Club. Go to www.bloke.club to join. It is free. You should have already received an email if you already are a Bloke Club member. So check your email, whether it's spam or it's uh, in your normal inbox, but just check your email from Bloke Club to give you your code to get in. Your code to get in will be in your email, plus we will text you at 6 o'clock. The only thing is, or 7 o'clock uh, in New South Wales, the only thing is sometimes those texts take a while to get to you. So if you haven't got the, the code at 6, you may as well just check before 6 your email. It will have the code to enter the site to get the merch. Limited amount of shirts, guys. Limited. Once they're gone, they are gone. So get in there quick before they sell out. Next year will probably be a whole different uh, batch of footy cliches. So if you want these cliches, make sure to get there. And as usual, it supports the platform. If you want us to have a lot of great content this year, the best way to support us is either buy the, buy the beer or buy the merch. Uh, but I have the great Gurachi Gurino Rugby League Kanguru here with me, mate. How are you feeling? Mate, I'm super excited. Uh, took the missus out for dinner on Saturday night. Bit of a six-month farewell. All okay. the best. Yes, so, yes. Very, very excited, mate. Cannot mate. wait for round one. Team list tomorrow as well. Very keen to see how it all plays out. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And just before I, if you have any issues with the, the code or whatever, email customer service at bloke.shop. Uh, and so we've got black caps. We restocked our brown caps as well, the classic ones that sold out really quickly. Black shops, and we restocked our brown socks as well. We have stubby holders and bottle openers. Uh, and we'll just get it out of the way quickly so that we can get into the footy. We are in every single IGA, every single celebrations, and every single bottle in ACT and New South Wales. Now, if you aren't in ACT New South Wales, go to our store locator on our website and you can find the stores uh, that stock us. But here is the stores in Spotlight. IGA Oberon, IGA Traygear, IGA Warriorwood, uh, Porter's Liquor, Piermont, BYO Sellers, Nelson Bay, Celebrations, Adamstown, Centenary Hotel, Townsville. Townsville. I think we're on tap there as well, Centenary Hotel. East End Hotel, Bundaberg, Yandina Hotel, Sunny Coast on tap. Eagle Tavern, Eagleby, Porter's Plainlands Tavern, and Federal Hotel, Ipswich. Uh, so make sure to get down to your local. Footy is back. It is the beer of footy. We're in every IGA, uh, Bottle O, and Celebrations in New South Wales and ACT. If it goes well, they'll put us across the whole country. So get in there, support the platform. But some absolutely terrible news uh, happening over, the, over recent days. Late Friday, early Saturday morning, Shane Warne was reported dead at 52. 145 tests, 708 wickets, 194 one-day internationals for Australia, 293 wickets. The greatest bowler of all time. This was absolutely devastating. And I say that as a guy that didn't even grow up watching cricket. You know, what's so interesting about this is I didn't watch any cricket growing up. If there was one bloke that I knew outside Sir Donald Bradman, it was Shane Warne. And it's absolutely, I think this is, it's so much more than cricket. And I said it on the weekend, but it really does feel like we lost a piece of Australia. Mate, I grew up loving cricket, mm. absolutely loving it. And I probably lost interest in it. You know, not, not lost interest in it, but just wasn't as keen on it, you know, 15 years ago or so. And, mate, when I woke up and looked at this, not many, you know, you know, not, not many deaths of people that I don't know knocked me around. This rattled me. Yeah. This proper rattled me. And I sort of, I I sat there and I thought about it and I thought, you know what, the moment that I sort of lost a bit of interest in cricket was when he retired. Yeah. I mean, I still remember being out there that that, that day at the SCG and it was just, it was surreal. Um, You know, there's guys that know a lot more about cricket than me. But when you think about his career and what he did, unbelievable. You think about, I mean, he's only second to uh, Muralitharan as far as most wickets ever. And, you know, the standard of teams that Warney was coming up against, mm. the pitches that Warney was playing on more often, he shouldn't have been doing what he was doing. Yep. It is – it's crazy, you know. Obviously, on the pitch, incredible. Just as good off the field as mm. well, which yep. is, I think, part of the reason why we love him so much. Mm. So, you know, it really knocked me around, to be honest with you. Yeah, mate. I'm the same, and, and I didn't even watch cricket growing up. Yeah. But he really bridged the gap between megastar and everyday bloke. It's not – it's not very often like, and I'll use an example, like even though Cristiano Ronaldo is from a very poor area, there is a certain sense of like, that's a megastar. He's got, there's a distance between him and the everyday man. Whereas a Shane Warne, there was no distance between him and the everyday man. He was through and through. You could see yourself in Warney or you could see your larrikin mate that loves a pie, loves, you know, cheese, toasties, Vegemite with butter. He loved, you know, he loved the real basic things that everyday blokes do. Whereas I think in the modern era of sport, it's very hard to find an elite athlete like that because you either don't have the talent that Warney did, which is crazy. Cause when you watch a doco, he wasn't a, like, it was good. He's going to play AFL. He was an AFL player Yeah, and he couldn't make it. 
it's just crazy. Um, I, I, like every few weeks, especially during the basketball season, in in my boys' group chat, there's always an amazing stat by by um, Steph Curry, just mm. that he is so much better than everyone else in the world at this incredibly hard skill. Mate, I would argue that the skill set Warney was a master of was even harder than that, mm. and the gap between him and I don't even know who the next bloke would be. Yeah, so like true. it was incredible. You know, the other thing you got to consider is that Warney. All the wickets he collected, crazy. The guys that were bowling before him, Brett Lee, Glenn McGrath, these guys are also some of the greatest wicket takers ever. I mean, mm. it's not like there was peanuts bowling before him and he got to take 10 wickets every yep. game. It's, it's, it's a bit like Steph Curry. The more that you look at Shane Warne's career and his achievements, the scarier it gets. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I, watching the doco really made me realise this guy wasn't just like, you know, against the, the teams that weren't that great he'd take a bunch of wickets and then go missing and and he slowly builds up this tally he was if anything against a better team he would play better it was it, it, the documentary really really shone a light again i knew he was as a cultural icon but yeah it just i feel like especially the way australia has changed too that knockabout bloke doesn't get celebrated as much and when we do see a knockabout bloke we kind of gravitate towards him because it is very Australian that, you know, although, you know, don't get me wrong, Warnie loved to give himself a rap or whatever, he still was a knockabout bloke. He was still one of the boys, loved to have a beer, um, even to his detriment, like in the sense of like, if you could look at his, uh, his, his diet, you'd say, mate, get on the, the healthy stuff, imagine what he could do. But he was so talented uh, that he could, yeah, he would be, he was so competitive as well. Um, but yeah, this, this really rocked me, I, I just, I just can't think of another outside of Steve Irwin. I can't think of another Australian, you know, Bob Bob Hawke, but he was getting a bit on. But that's the kind of names that I would put him near. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, f for me, it, it rattled me more than, than those other two. Yeah, um, man, I like the other layer to Shane Warne, and cricket fans will be able to talk about it more than me. You know, he was uh, along in the same era as Stuart McGill. Yeah, you know, Stuart McGill. Like if it, if Shane Warne didn't exist, I think there's a fair argument that Stuart McGill could have been the greatest spinner we've ever seen. Wow! But Warney was so good that McGill just never got a bait. Whenever he did, he killed it. Yeah, okay. Like some of his numbers are arguably better than Warney at different points in his career, mm. but he never had an opportunity because Shane Warne played for good. so long and was too good. So that's the other. You know, it's like having Joey and Freddie along at the same time. Mm. It's it's incredible. Um, as I said, the deeper you look into Warney's career the more impressive it is. I thought it was, you know, sad as it all was. It just summed up being an Aussie legend, seeing cans of VB, meat pies being left on the statue. Just. Mate, absolutely. And it showed you how deeply he ingrained he was with our culture. Yeah. Because VB and meat pies is like so part of Australian culture. And it's, it seems a bit absurd to, to like compare him to VB and meat pies, but it's more just the mythical nature of Shane Warne. He was larger than life. Imagine being a batter. And Shane Warne, after he, you know, halfway through his career, and you just see this mythical creature walk out, it almost rattled you before you got there. It almost like, fuck, like, it's, it's like um, you'd look across from you and you might see, you know, Andrew Johns. It's like this, his aura already intimidates you to start making decisions you wouldn't make before. And like Shane Warne is, is, is Joey times, you know, whatever, you know, cricket's a world sport. He, think, think about how good you have to be to be the greatest of all time, I think it's the third biggest sport in the world. So we're talking about India, which is what, 1 billion people, 1.5 billion people. And then you've got obviously New Zealand, you've got Australia, we've got England, which is what, 100 million people? I, I, I don't know what the, the amount of people live there is, but he was the best. 
And then for people that don't have a deep understanding of cricket, you've got to also consider that, you know, the couple of billion people in India, the spinners over there, it's much easier to bowl spin on those pitches than oh, it really? is in Australia. So for wow. him to do, uh, yeah, I kept saying it, the deeper you go, the more impressive it is. I said on my Instagram the other day, I think Australia's a better country for having Shane Warne. I think an international sport mm. is a better sport for having Shane Warne, which I think is the ultimate compliment. Oh, mate. Imagine if Shane Warne was coming through today with social media. I mean... <laughs> he'd get thank into a God lot of he's not, to be yeah, honest with thank you. Thank God he's yeah. not. He'd, and, he'd, you know, there'd be so many people like wanting to, you know, oh, he's doing this and that, rah, rah, rah. Um, so, yeah, it, let, let's just imagine the world that just embraced him and, and celebrated him. Uh, yeah, I, I just, as I said, I, I didn't even grow up watching cricket and Warney was an icon and you always like, yeah, you spoke about him in the, in the playgrounds. You saw people that didn't know anything about cricket pretending to be him. So... Very, very sad. Very sad. Um, you know, condolences to his family and friends. It must be absolutely rattled. And it just doesn't seem real. Like in Australia, which Warren not living, doesn't seem real. Doesn't seem real. So condolences to his family and his mates. And um, hopefully the Australian cricket can uh, kick on from their last Ashes series. I mean, in his first Ashes series, the ball of the century. That, if you put that in a movie, you would say, fuck off. As if, as if. Honestly, that's, if you put that in a movie, you'd be like, that's a joke. Like, you're taking the piss now. You're going too far into the, like, you know, magical shit that doesn't happen. He actually did that. I was talking to a mate the other day that was at that game. Mm. And he said that, you know, when, when, when it happened, when you're in the stands, you see it happen and, you, you know, you're 100 metres away. So you think, oh, good ball. Then the replay started showing and he said the whole place just went silent going, really? what the fuck <sighs> just happened? Yeah. Like, yeah. How on earth? Yeah. So, and I mean... Mate, ball of the century should be the crowning moment. I'm not sure if it is in his career, really. Yeah. So there were so many other moments. It was also, you know, just being the larrikin he is, never got a test 100. I think I read that he's he's got the most runs in test cricket without scoring 100. Oh. Got out on 99 in one game. And watching the commentary of him commentating that moment yeah. in hindsight, just unbelievable, just crazy. It's one of those things I, I think it's probably more... It's probably better remembered because he got 99 than the 100. Yeah, for sure. It's like it, it plays into that larrikin, yep. like have a laugh. Oh, my God, I couldn't make it. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's interesting too, like don't like his, his commentary was always harsh and he was always opinionated. But now there's stories coming out of like his generosity. Um, for example, I think he, he a lot of the English players wanted to come to the, this golf course. So he organised like helicopters in all there. He got the connection to get them in the golf course, connection for them to stay. Did the whole lot. And then I think the English like gave him a gift or whatever. The bill came and the bill apparently was, you know, five figures. So let's say ten to twenty thousand dollars, maybe even more. And Warney just paid for it. Like think about that. England, you organised everything, the bill comes, and I, I forgot who was telling the story. It was it and I think it was another cricketer, and he just paid for it. Like, oh okay, yep, yeah, sweet, boom. Like that's you know how generous you have to be to do something like that? Didn't even didn't even bat an eyelid, didn't even say, Oh, is England gonna pay for it? So yeah, man. There's there's a reason why he is so loved. It's it was Adam, Adam Gilchrist. Adam said Gilchrist that. said that. Yeah. Didn't even bat an eyelid. And he's got other stories too of um, like what, there's, he's got some other stories that he if if you get can get a sec get a second go to Fox Sports's website and he just rattles off a bunch of um, you know I saw a comment on one of my pictures of uh, how Warney was up um, so they were playing in the Ashes and obviously he wasn't batting 
There was all these kids around. And Morning was the only one that would go, went down and was high-fiving the kids, getting autographs. And all the players, rightly so, you know, they just want to chill, sit down. And Warney, to, like, basically to embarrass them, was like, boys, get down here, get down here. Forced the whole Australian team to come down, give all the kids high-fives, all the kids' signatures, and brought them back up. So these are the things you don't see. And it's, it sucks that we talk about them after his career, but that is the way of things is like when such a momentous thing happens, it makes you makes everyone take take a step back and I guess realise, appreciate how lucky we were to live in an age where we got to see Warney do his best work. Mate, I reckon on Saturday I would have watched 15 videos of him just giving spin classes yep. at tea time. You know, all, the, all those ones on YouTube you can go and watch. I sat there and watched all of them. Didn't help me in any way, shape or yeah, form. Yeah, rattle you more. But just listening to him talk about and like – yeah, if you don't understand how hard leg spin bowling is, mm. just go go stand at a pool table and just try and do the motion with your fingers. It right. is impossible yep. to land it. What is it? Twenty two meters at the other end of a pitch with a bloke trying to hit you out of the park yeah. and still make them look stupid after three days Incredible. of play. Oh, mate. Mate. He's probably been out every night before too. I mean, yeah. uh, Warney's just uh, an absolute freak. Uh, it's yeah. I think he's probably number two after Bradman for me, but mm. I don't think you could possibly say he's not the best bowler we've yeah. seen. It's just so sad, man, to think like such a, a piece of Australia. It just feels like a piece of Australia is lost. You know, just this this chunk of like what was so great about being an Aussie, like he was our thing that we could celebrate. So, yeah, fucking sucks, man. Fuck it. I just can't believe it. I can't believe it. At 52 years old. I refreshed the phone. I sort of thought, surely not. Yeah, I thought it was it a job as well. Right. Yeah. I thought it was a G up. Like when I saw it come up, I think it was on Instagram maybe. Yeah, couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. But yeah, condolences. And yeah, the thing, the, good, the, the only silver lining is his legacy will echo forever. Just like Bradman's e- legacy continues to echo, we continue to bring up his name. I think Warney will be exactly the same for as long as, well, we hope for as long as cricket exists. They still remember guys like Bradman, guys like Warney. Um, yeah. Sucks. It absolutely sucks. Marsh as well passed away. Yeah, it's two of the real, real larrikins. They would have been having a good time up there on Sunday. No yeah, doubt about it. No that. doubt about it. Marsh would have been like, come on in, come on in, morning. <laughs> get under the wing. Got Let's a couple go. of beers for you. Yeah. Let's get amongst it. Show you around. Um, you know, and, and so very, very sad day, for, uh, sad week, sorry, for cricket. Very sad week. Um, now, we have the NRL news. Fogarty out for four months. I think we already spoke about this on last Wednesday's podcast, correct? But just going to get your thoughts quickly. Um, yeah, terrible for Canberra, terrible for Jamal Fogarty. He's obviously come down from the Gold Coast. Um, in that trial, seemed to be a perfect fit the other day for um, for Jack Whiten, who played great alongside him. Uh, yeah, feel for Jamal Fogarty. Uh, silver lining does give a young bloke a chance, this mm. Brad Schneider. Yep. Um, we didn't know who he was a couple of weeks ago. We watched him in trials. I went back and watched some of his cup games the other day. Very different player to Jamal Fogarty, but... I think he can hit the ground running. Yep. I, I think it's going to be a very interesting few weeks for Canberra. They've got uh, they've got a mixed run. I think they've got two or three hard games. I think they play the Sharks week one in Canberra, though. Mm. So we can cop that. Then I think they play Manly and Penrith in about round four and five. So they've got a few weeks to get themselves ready for those <laughs> games. Yeah, I might be a bit of a hot take, but I think there's a world where Schneider could hold this jersey. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, Fogarty, don't get me wrong, great player, yep. but he was fighting for his spot. You know, it wasn't a guarantee that he would just keep that spot no matter what. Yeah, and uh, I think it says a lot. I mean, we, we, we said before, he's got Sam Williams in the club. Mm. It, it would have been a, a close to like-to-like match to put him in there. Mm. 
He's gone for the youth in Brad Schneider, who's a very different footballer. He's got Ricky Stewart's backing. I, I think he'll probably be the goal kicker as well in this so side. You, you've heard that he's got the spot. He's got the spot, yeah. Wow. So Schneider, exclusive. Well, yeah. Kanguru. Kanguru. Yeah. Kanguru with exclusive. Schneider, I think he will be the seven. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a seven the whole year. That'll sound ridiculous and crazy, mm. but I think he's got the ability to hold on to the jersey. Yeah, and wow. He's a right side player. You'll see uh, Jack White and play left. As much as we've been saying all off-season, they need a general to direct them around. There also has never been a time in rugby league where you can get away with two mm. ball-running halves, more than yep. now, in my opinion. So keep an eye on him. I think and he's going to do really well. And to be fair, like Schneider is an out-and-out half. So the, the, the issue isn't necessarily that uh, they, they can only get away with a structured half. The, the concern with Whiten is he's not necessarily – like he is – let's say there's a scale of one to ten of out-and-out halves. He's actually on the – let's say ten is you're an out-and-out half. One is you're a, you're a big ball running he's outside back. Yeah, yeah, so that, that's the concern is like he doesn't even – you could argue he doesn't even pass as a half. He passes a, a ball running player – that has some of the best ball running in the comp. That, and that's not, to, that's not a knock on Wyden. It's just explaining the type of player he is. Yeah. I mean, you could even argue he's, he could be a ball playing 13. That's how big he is. Whereas Schneider is an out-and-out half. So there's certain skill set. He may not be as clinical as Reynolds at kicking, but he would be closer to Reynolds at kicking than, say, a Wyden. And so if he is close enough to the structure that they need, he may be just enough structure that they need. Uh, now, now that you've watched more of him... Would you say that the, when I said he, he reminded me, again, this is off a very limited amount of games, he did remind me of a Burton. Was that, if you watch more of it, is that correct or incorrect? Yeah, no, he's, he's a lot like Burton, just like the body structure and everything and the way he moves. Yep. His support play is fantastic. He looks to me to be deceptively really strong as well. Nice, nice. Which Burton is too, but he, mate, when I was watching him, he reminded me of... Remember when Dugan first burst onto the scene? Yes, scene? he was skinny as, but strong skinny as Skinny as, and everyone just fell off him. Blokes were getting thrown left, right, and centre. He just, I don't know, he's just got something about him. I'm, I, I, I might be a, a little bit too high on him, but, mate, he must be. For, for Ricky Stewart to sit there and go, fuck, I've just spent a whole preseason with Fogarty at seven. I've got a week till the season starts. I've got Sam Williams, who knows our game plan inside out, mm. or this young kid that's played one game of first grade. Yeah. For him to go, you're my guy with... 10 days prep, mm. it says a lot to me. Do you think this is a heap. This is more evidence of Ricky going, I need to build for the future. So we've seen Savage kind of pushed into that fullback role. We've seen Tomoko put in that centre role. We've seen even Semi Valame. Uh, is it Valame? I think so. Valame, yeah. apologies if I got that wrong. Put in the centre role before Croker. Uh, it's a very youthful kind of uh, direction that, that Ricky seems to be going. And then this selection, do you feel that? Ricky is trying to, I guess, prep for, let's say this year doesn't go that well. At least I've blooded a bunch of young players. I can go to the board then and say, look at all these young players. We just need a year or two. And the rebuild happens without having to blow the whole place up. Yeah, quite possibly. I mean, mm. it, it's a narrative that would fit Yeah, 100%. I mean, at the same time, if you are Ricky Stewart, you did the same thing last year. Are you going a bit crazy if you don't try and change it up a little bit? Oh, for sure, for sure. And I, I think... Schneider trialed well enough to earn him that spot. I and think it's he a good really spot well. to the rest of the squad to say, mm. hey, you know, what you did th two years ago in a grand final, yeah. you need to do it now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so we'll talk about Walters really quickly um, and then we'll just get straight into basically season preview. It'll be like a small preview of the game.
but we'll give a preview of an oversight of how we think the team is going to go and also like we won't we won't I don't like doing like this team will finish fifth this team will finish 16th but I want to do like the brackets of where we feel they are as a club so for example if we're going to talk about the Broncos we would probably say 10th 10th to 14th is where they land if we were going to do you know storm we would say one to four uh you know doggies would probably say anywhere from 12th to 16th um so we'll go through go through that again that's not not to say that's our answer we'll go through it but it's just an example of like brackets rather than saying oh fuck this team's winning the wooden spoon rah rah yeah it's more just where they are as a club and, and if if they can finish better than the bracket we think, that's a great year. If they finish in that bracket, that's a good, that's a solid year. If they finish below, that's a disappointing year. Um, so we will. Kevin Walters resigns until the end of twenty three. I thought this was a no brainer. Like, yeah, it makes sense. Makes I mean, sense. Yeah, it's not like they've signed him for five years. It's another yeah. year. Is what it is. Yeah, is what it is. But we'll get straight into the preview. Okay, so uh, Penrith first, as they are playing Manly. We've got their, their squads just here. Um, so Penrith for the year, oh, look, I think they're red hot. They're red hot. Any team with Nathan Cleary in it, and then you look at the squad that they have, uh, they showed on the trials that their youth is probably the best in the NRL. Not even probably. I think that you'd be hard-pressed not to say they've got the best youth in the NRL. Couldn't put them outside of the top three. No way. No way. Uh, where's your head at with Penrith? Yeah, I, um, I think they will be a top two team. I think at worst they could finish fourth. Um, yeah, I think that they will. I think there'll be an interesting side as far as you got to remember they've been to two grand finals in a row. Takes a lot out of the tank, especially after winning it last year, to come back from where they did. So, s- sort of similar to what they did this year, I-, I wouldn't be surprised if you see this Panthers side just keep their head above water until finals time. Yep. Um, for me, they're going to be in the top four. I know that. It's all about just tapering at the right end of the season, mm. which is going to be their biggest challenge but I would argue that they handled it last year better than possibly anyone ever has before mm. to be honest with you yeah I look at this Panthers side this is going to sound absolutely backwards and almost stupid to an extent but in my opinion I'd almost be aiming not to win the minor premiership and yep. it sounds crazy like are you serious but I just think that three grand finals in a row after you win you go and win the minor premierships the year before um, then obviously this year they they didn't and it, it did better. I remember at the start of last year I said I actually want the Panthers to be like that because it's so hard to be redlining the whole season and go through and win it with with especially with how competitive that top four is and how on any day one of those four sides can beat each other. So don't get me wrong. Look, if they they just kill it and win the minor premiership, fair enough. But I just think with how brutal the game is and how just how big and strong the guys are getting to, to go that far. I mean, we, all we got to do is look at Melbourne last year. Break all of these records. All of these records. Win the minor premiership, what, was it like four weeks out or something? Three weeks out? Yep. You could almost guarantee it, like six weeks out. Uh, they get to their prelim game and they absolutely splutter. Like, they, they don't even play close to the storm they can. You look at the Rabbitohs, who a period there, we're nearly going to drop out of the eight. Well, they conceded... 50 points, Matt, twice, twice last year. Twice. Twice, which no team's ever won a premiership off the back of that. They came within four points of winning it. Within a, a, an intercept pass. Yeah. And, if, I mean, Matt, you could talk more about it. They, I think they got beat by 50 against Penrith the first time. Yep. Then they got beat by 20 the second time. Then they got beat by four off an intercept the third time. Yeah. Tapering is the key to winning premiership. Yep. Especially, I just think that the game is so brutal now that 
you can't afford to just be maybe it's maybe i'm reading into it too too much but i feel like back in the day you could kind of just not get away with it but it just wasn't as brutal. It, like it was, the, the players weren't as big, weren't as strong. Their training load wasn't anywhere near as heavy as it is now. Like their training loads now are super, super heavy. Um, and so when I look at this Panthers side, I say, I, I, I wouldn't mind if they just float between, you know, first, second, third, fourth, you know, up and down, up and down, and then save that real push uh, for, for the uh, final series. Because if they're in with it, basically they want to get a second crack at the, the cherry lock. Uh, in the in the final series, if they can just get in that top four, it's almost uh, within reason. It's almost as good as a minor premiership. Yeah, it, it all. The, the only thing that matters for me, whether you're one or two or third and fourth, is where you have to go and play that yeah. first week. If you go yeah. into Melbourne, that sucks. Yeah. Uh, but outside of that, even though that is a big factor, I mate, it's very. I think Penrith Roosters and Melbourne. I think they will all be in a very similar boat where mm. they'll be happy just to be in the four, mm. just to keep it all together. The other thing that Penrith have to their advantage is that most teams, when they win a premiership, they have to go to England in their preseason yeah. for a World Club challenge. They don't have to do that. Um, they haven't had to deal with a nines tournament or anything like that. They played one trial, which they put very few guys out. Yes, they got slapped, but they won't care about that in the slightest. Um, their, their, their test is going to be getting through the Origin Series, um, injury-free and then hitting finals. But, I mean, they lost both their halves at the end of Origin last year for yep. six, five weeks or whatever it was. Mm. That's the other thing about Penrith. I mean, they won that comp last year, incredible finals run. They were nowhere near their best, in my opinion. Defensively, they were, but in attack, they, that was probably their – I would argue it's probably their worst six weeks of attack over the last two years. Easy. Easy. Their, their attack was very pedestrian yep. and very average – uh, compared to, relatively speaking, to some of their... In 2020, some of their attack was like, what is happening? Like, they are unstoppable. It was their defence that was just outrageous. Like, it was honestly incredible. Um, so, yeah, for the Panthers, I see the bracket that they will land in, obviously, is one to four. I think don't even think about the minor premiership. Just think about preparing for that finals push. Now, don't get me wrong. You don't want to get into a situation where, oh, it doesn't matter, finals footy, oh, it doesn't matter, finals footy, and you start creating bad habits and excusing things that you wouldn't have excused before, not meeting the standards that you expect. Uh, but, yeah, I just think that minor premiership, it's almost becoming a bit irrelevant. It is relevant for me. I you know, know. It's just yeah. like, what's the point? It, it, like, does anyone really care about the minor premiership? Do, what do they win? Maybe 100 grand or something? 100 grand to an NRL club. To the Panthers, that's one pokey. That's like literally one pokey, maybe. Yeah. Um, and so I do believe that in a side discussion that the minor premiership needs to hold more weight, uh, needs to be more advantageous because at the moment it's kind of like, look, just get top four. Just get top four. I think the other thing about the Panthers is that they will be bringing in a couple of new guys into this side. Uh, Isaac Tago, he'll be at left centre. I think by the end of the season, he's going to be an absolute gum, but it's going to take time for them to work on that left edge. I also think that your boy, Talamay, I'm not expecting him to be named tomorrow, but I think by the as soon as he gets a sniff on that right wing, he ain't given that jersey. So, so back. who who are you thinking gets that wing spot? Going off the trials, I think it'll be Robert Jennings, to be honest with you. Really? Well, I mean, their last trial, they they kept Taylor May on the bench. Um, they didn't play him for big minutes. They played um, Staines at fullback. They they left Jennings on the right wing for a long time. I. I I probably think it will be him. He would have been my third choice guy four weeks ago. Yeah, for I'm sure. I'm not hiding away from that. 
but I've got a feeling it will be him. Yeah, I okay. think Taylor May's next man up. And I, I was think surprised that they. Ca- but the thing is, like Talon May came on and killed it. Killed it. K- kills <laughs> it every time he plays. Yeah. So yeah. like they must. It's, it's really like, you know, maybe they're just trying to uh, gate his progression, like not put him in too soon. But I think he's fucking good. Yeah. I will say this about May. Um, he has played the vast majority of his footy over the last few years at left wing. Yeah. So he obviously can't play left wing. So maybe they're looking to push him through in reserve grade, just getting used to playing on the right side. But personally, I think he's too talented to leave out of this team. Mate, I, I honestly, he's a smoky for, if he hasn't played four games already, for me, he's smoky for rookie. Beer. I think he's only played the one. So, yeah. and, and I, I think the Tago on the other side, he's played four games, so he's out of the running. Yep. If he'd played three, I, I reckon you'd be watching these two almost go head to head for a year. I think they're going to explode this season. Yeah, so by I, the end of the year, they'll be a lot better than what they will be in round for one. For sure, too, Penrith. If I'm, if I'm, uh, you know, if you like to rookie watch, Talon May for me is yep. is definitely one of the favourites to win rookie of the year. He's he's special, man. He he rem- honestly, it sounds crazy. He reminds me of Brian Toll. Yeah, that's what he is. Strong yes. as fuck. Yep. Good finisher. Uh, so you know that backline just goes from strength to strength. Think of a backline: Brian Toto, Tago, Crichton, May. That's a scary, scary backline. Then Edwards at the back of the fullback. Yeah, um, and I mean we say, oh, and Edwards. I mean Edwards still a top six fullback in uh, this game. Yep. Might not have the highlights. Say whatever you want. He's performed on the biggest stages time and time yep. again. And if you go and look at his stats he, towards the end of last season, he was actually getting close to top tier. Statistically, like yep. he just wasn't getting the highlights, uh, which is fine. It's perfect for Penrith, perfect for Penrith. And if, so, yeah, and you just have a look at their depth. The guys that aren't going to be in this side, Eisenhuth, Jermaine Hopgood. I mean, Mitch Kenny's not going to be in the side. Uh, there's so many that they, they are covered in every single position. If you see Dylan Edwards go down, Stephen Crichton jumps into fullback. Yep. I, I don't know who I'd rather play at fullback. To be honest with you, oh, I actually think Stephen Crichton's that's his position, fullback. Yeah. But you can't possibly move Dylan um, out nah, of there all, at the same all. time. I just think that Crichton is good enough at centre. Well, not good enough. He's fucking great centre. Yeah. Um, that you can afford to be like, look, we'll play at centre. Edwards offers so much fullback. Um, but it is scary when you lose your first choice fullback. And I, I don't know if you say you get better, but you become different. And different is scary sometimes. Yeah, and for Stephen sure. Crichton is terrifying there. Absolutely. So, yeah, another good year for the Panthers for sure. They got everything they need. Uh, I will say, though, game one without Cleary... I'm going to pick a manly to get the win. Yeah. It's at Penrith, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. It's a bit of a coin toss for me. Yeah, I don't okay. know. I'll probably lean towards manly. I think that we'll probably get the shit beaten out of us if we don't tip manly just quite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a note. Actually, you know what? I'm picking Penrith just to piss them off. I'm going to go in there with a fucking... You your Panthers 13 plus shirt or Panthers 13. No, I would never be caught dead wearing another, another club's <laughs> shirt. Um, yeah, going... Oh, that's right. I forgot to say. Thursday night... Bloke's first ever live show. It'll be with Hello Sport. The guru will also be there having a few beers with his mates. So come down, shake our hands, say hello. It'll be a live show from 6.30 at DY Hotel. It is first in best dress. There's no tickets. I didn't want to charge for this and make it so that, you know, only people that had the spare coin could get in. It is first in best dress and it is completely free. We're putting on this entire event that costs a lot of money just quietly. Completely free. Completely free because I want everyone to enjoy it. So get down to DY Hotel, celebrate our first ever live event. It's also, it's also a celebration of the podcast. It's been around for so many years now that um, the first ever, I'm so excited. I cannot wait to meet everyone. DY Hotel, 6.30 p.m. is when we start. So you probably want to get there quite, like, quite a bit earlier so that you can get a spot. I mean, I, I hope it's packed. <laughs> it's like two people there. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, well, you win some, you lose some. You win some, you lose some. You know what? 
at some at one stage Dave Chappelle was he was performing in front of fucking no one. So uh, and to be honest, I'm nowhere near Dave Chappelle. So if he was okay with it, I should be okay with it. Just quietly, if you haven't been there too, the DY Hotel, great. What the venue? It is fucking great. The yeah. fo- the, the uh, photo shoot we did was at DY Hotel. It is great. Heaps of big screens everywhere. It was hard to leave. It was hard to leave. Hard not to get on the beers. Um, anyway, so get down. 6.30 p.m. is when we start with Hello Sport. Uh, and we'll, we'll go basically till kickoff. We'll stop. We might do a Q&A after or we might just walk around and just mingle. Uh, but 6.30, cannot wait. We'll also have bloke merch there. Uh, and also the Hello Sport will have their Manly 13 plus jumpers there. Uh, but now, on to Manly. Speaking of Manly, I think that I think they're looking good. I think they're looking good. But I will not be convinced of Manly until round you talk. Well, what's your thoughts on Manly? Yeah, I, I think I can finish this sentence for you. Uh, I think they need to be able to overcome these top four sides. Uh, and I, I, the Hello Sports boys uh, joke about it, about, you know, under bright lights they need to perform. All jokes aside, I think that is genuinely where the Manly Seagulls are at. I know they're going to be in the top eight, whether they're third, fourth, Fifth, sixth, wherever it might be, I don't care. They can win it from eighth if they bring their A game in finals time. So, yeah, Manly, they'll be right up there, the very best of them. Just comes to performing on those big stages, which their big players have done time and time again in the Origin Arena for Australia, et cetera, et cetera. So they can do it. Yep. Just a matter of seeing it comes finals times. Which class are you looking for? Well, I'm looking for the first time they play one of those top four sides to see how they go. But So they play Rabbitohs round eight. So I've got it in front of me. It's they go Penrith, Roosters, Bulldogs, Raiders, Knights. So round two is Roosters. Round two is Roosters. But Pen- Penrith, I'm not looking at because it doesn't have Cleary. Yep. So Roosters, and then once and what was the the Bull- uh, Rabbitohs is round eight. Yeah, then it's Bulldogs, Raiders, Knights, Titans, Sharks, and then round eight is the Rabbitohs. So Where's basically, Melbourne? I think yeah, when's Melbourne actually? Uh, not till round twelve. So I think that's by round twelve is when you'll have a good idea. Of how the the manly now don't real you know, realistically last year they started really poor came on really well at the end there so but I believe by the time they play Storm even if they don't win those games as long as it's competitive as long as it's you know twenty four to twelve or something along those lines I think we can say they're competitive for the premiership yeah, I think the round twelve game will be your indicator You've got to remember Olakwatu and Schuster they're going to be out for the first few weeks that's a heap of punch. To lose on those two edges Those two are so important I know we all talk Turbo, DCE, Garrick, Saab Those two are so important To this side It's not even funny So mm. they're going to leave uh, A decent hole In the first few weeks I assume they'll both be back By round four or five Could even be earlier From what I'm hearing So by round 12 Against Melbourne it, Matty, is that one in Melbourne Or is it at Brookie? Uh, it's in Melbourne and it's, the, and it's the last week Before Origin selection Okay, that's what we uh, want That's Brilliant. a big, big yeah. game Big game and I, th- I think it just give you a good indicator of like where does this manly roster really sit? And there is absolutely no denying. There was a period there where I thought like when they lost, I think to Penrith twenty to twelve, and then Storm they lost to them as well. I was like, no, I think they're competitive. They're probably where they should be. Like they're not a top four side yet at that time. Uh, but I think it did confirm everyone's biggest fears. And Girdler was the first one to say it. I wouldn't consider them. Flat track bullies for me, I just, I don't, the term doesn't really make sense to me. Well, not doesn't make sense. I just don't like rolling with it just because they're such an aggressive like. I just, it just, if you get beaten by a team that is above you on the ladder by a substantial, like let's say you get beaten 20 to six by the Panthers and you're fifth in there first, you would, you would argue, well, is that not probably where they should be? But I understand that the idea that 
they play the best teams and they didn't get close to them. So they're not the premiership threat that we thought they were last year. Yep. So Girdler was right, regardless. He was right that they weren't the premiership threat we thought they were. Um, whereas this year, with more experience, because we have to remember a lot of like Schuster, Olakawatu, um, even Harper, Parker, Saab, Garrick, these are all relatively young players. They're, this is not an old... You didn't know them two years ago. 100%, absolutely. Um, so I think their, their biggest... At any team with Tom Dravojevic and DCE 7 and 4 and at 6 can, can challenge into that top four on the ladder. How many games does Turbo have to play to win a Dally M? Oh, fuck. 15? 15? I was listening to uh, About Even during the week. Mm. Michael Pride did a little section where he went through um, all the guys and go and have a listen to Michael talk about this on About Even to get it exactly right. But he went through all the guys that have had stellar seasons, like the top seven stellar seasons. So we're talking, you know, Hayne, we're talking Barber, we're talking Lockie 06, Mick Morgan, all these sort of guys. And when they had those stellar seasons, what happened the year after? And I think very few of them were in the top 10 for the Daly M the year after. Wow. Turbo, obviously, he's a different beast, but we would have said that about those guys mm. as well. So something to consider there. I just I just think the modern rules and everything are so suited to Tom Travojevic. It's not even funny, though. I think the, the argument, and this is to not to say that those other players um, – weren't the same as Tom. There might be some that weren't. Like, for example, Ahane, he did have a tendency to go good year, okay year, good year. And also he would float in and out of games. Don't get me wrong, on his day, one of the greatest um, players, you know, we've seen. The difference I feel with Tommy is, though, is that he forces his way into a game just by taking hit-ups. So unless he's injured, he's going to find a way to break you. Now, are you the Melbourne Storm that can withhold it? Or are you the Roosters or the top-tier teams? You know, that's that's the thing that there may be teams that are lower than Manly that try to contain Turbo, but they don't have the cattle to do so. And that's why I don't think that he's going to have a quiet year. I think that he forces his involvement in the game so much that he's going to break you eventually. He's going to a lot of, like some of his tries were one off hit ups off the ruck. And so if he's always there ready to do that, you are going to be loose at marker. You are going to be loose at A and you're going to be loose at B and even C. So I, I personally, and on top of all of that, I also believe that he hasn't had like a full year of footy really, uh, maybe outside of one. So I don't think fatigue is going to be an issue for him. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think he's going to have a big year again. Is it going to be as good as last year? Maybe not, but I think, I, I think he's going to have a big <laughs> if year. If it's not as good as last year, that's oh, not an insult. Yeah, not any, at all. And I, I, the, what stood out for me last year, and exactly what you just said, my favourite thing about Turbo last year, and it'll sound weird, but how selfish he was because he needed to be at times. Mm, yeah. If he saw that A, B or C was scattered, he'd push front rowers out of the way. I need to have the ball on this play. Absolutely. This is, and that's so dangerous for every other team in this competition that that's his mindset. I know he's a nice guy, and but having that mindset has just turned him into a different prospect. Well, he's, he's realised, you know, I think Manly would have taught, spoken internally. I think DC would have spoken internally. Guys, when he wants it, he gets it. Yep. He's not He's not like a, a front rower where you're like, bro, stop ruining plays by taking one-off hit-ups because you want the ball. He's a guy that you you need to give the ball as much as possible. There was a try that he scored last year that was a standout for me, and you know, it probably wasn't the one on highlight reels, but Manly made a break down the left edge. I want to say they were playing Canterbury, and they went down the left edge, and he was in support. The guy dummied and got tackled by the fullback, and he ran through the play the ball. Then he ran back around, and he got it on the same tackle yep. and just went, oomph, and scored. Just that mindset of just 
there's 11 other guys that could get the football here, but I need to have the ball in yep. my hand right now because they're on the back foot. Is It's terrifying. Well, you know what it's like? It's, like, it's why Teddy, outside of the first six months of Roosters, hasn't had a quiet year. He hasn't had a bad year. You know why? Because he's constantly in the game. You know, he's taken 25 to 30 hit-ups, or not hit-ups, but runs every single game. So he forces, you're, you're going to stop off eventually. You're going to miss a tackle. You're going to fall off. You're going to give him a try assist. Um, and Tom Travoyevich is of that similar ilk. Um, look, I think it's going to be a good year for Manly. I think that anything less than a premiership threat is a, uh, is a disappointment. Anything less than... I agree with your sentiment of they can be top eight and that's all that matters for them because they have such an ability to just go on these runs. I still probably would have them in my top four though. I think they should be a top four team. Thoughts? Yeah, look, I've got Penrith, Roosters, Melbourne. I'm confident they're all going to be top four. That last spot, Parramatta, Manly, Mm. Cronulla at a stretch. I probably think South Sydney... Yeah, anyway, we'll, 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 we'll get to South when we get to them. Oh, I think Manly can be a top four team. Uh, I don't think they'll be a top three team. Okay. No, yeah, I, I, I'd probably agree with that. I agree. Like, uh, for, I know we've got certain brackets. If I was being, like, if we could be more accurate, I would actually say fourth to eighth is where I would play, place them yep. in the sense of, like, they'll probably finish fourth, but I can see them having periods where they slump off a bit. You know, maybe during origin, they, they struggle a little bit, then they come back out. Well, that's going to be the thing. They're, they're going to be missing these two edge back rowers for the first five to six weeks. They're going to get them back for five to six weeks. Then they're going to go into the origin arena. Uh, they're going to lose, obviously, a couple of <laughs> nearly all their big stars. Mm. Uh, DCE, both Travojevic's. Um, that's if anyone else... Schuster was tipped. Schuster could be there. He was yep. tipped in to make that um, New South Wales squad yep. recently. Um, there's a couple of other guys that could potentially end up there, but um, yeah, I yeah, I could. I wouldn't. I would never say that they can't win a competition this year. No way, you can't rule them out of it. But it's just about owning those big stages, and this is where Tom and Jake can take their game to that next level. Which it's not a matter of is that going to happen. It's a matter of when is it going to happen for mm. me. And if it's this year, I won't be shocked in the slightest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think great year for Manly. I'd probably put them around that fourth position, fourth, fifth, sixth. Um, I think if they finish eighth, even though it's still good for them, that's still a disappointing year. And I think like, so. I think seventh, eighth for them, disappointing year. I think uh, fourth, fifth, fourth, fifth, sixth, good year. Above fourth, great year. If they if they finish fourth this year, let's say they finish fourth, they get into finals and they go out in straight sets. I mean, there's going to be a bit of pressure on Manly, isn't there? Yeah, for like, sure. They're going to, uh, you know, respectfully, and this is respectfully to both clubs, if they, if they go out in straight sets this year, they start to look a little bit paramatory to me. Are they going to be able to go to that next step mm. or not? It's a big year for both of those clubs for me. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, the, the, I guess the difference, I think it's actually probably more concerning for Manly due to the fact that DC and Foreign are 30, 31 or 32 around that age. Uh, whereas Moses, Gutho, Reed Marnie's obviously leaving, Dylan Brown, they're like Mo- Moses, I think is 26. Yeah. Gutho's 26. Uh, Brown is 21, 22. So they've still got quite a bit of time in saying that they are losing quite a bit of roster. But we'll get to, to Parra when we get uh, in a few. Um, yeah, look, I, I wouldn't, if they make top four and bounce out in straight sets, I wouldn't say it's pressure signs yet because. When you, we have to remember that this roster, you know, 12, 16 months ago was considered a bottom tier roster yeah. without Tom Travojevic, obviously. 
Um, whereas I feel like, you know, Desi has turned this roster of a, a bunch of players that were, you know, very fringe, very fringe first graders into qual- high quality um, first graders. Now, hopefully they can get Nasi Fainu back because that's the forgotten man. Hopefully he gets cleared. Because him back at nine. Well, if wow. he gets cleared. Holy, that changes That changes a lot. everything. Because Croker has been fan, one of the, Croker's one of my most improved players of last season. But Fainu is an out and out good yeah. hooker. Yeah, I mean, Kro- they, Kroger's done incredibly well, but he just doesn't have the upside that Fainu does. And that's probably what they need at the moment. Mm. I, mate, the scary thing about Fainu is that when he was playing, it was the old rules. He is yeah. so much more suited. <laughs> To the modern game, it's not even funny. Like, Manly let go of Appy Curacao because they had this guy. Yeah. Look how well Appy's done over the last two years at Penrith. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice could be anything if he returns. Mate, totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, when it comes to rookies, obviously cooler. You know, he's, he's actually signed until 2024, so that's great by Manly. So smart. Uh, another guy that I think we should watch is KO Weeks. Yeah. But I think cooler could challenge for rookie of the year. Uh, KO Weeks also, uh, he was really impressive to me. Um, yeah. I think it was uh, DCE came out and said the other day that uh, uh, he was asked about Cooler for round one and he sort of said, look, it's going to take a lot for him to knock one of the other guys out of the starting team, Fair which personally I like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I tell you what, it's going to get the very best out of the other two centres knowing that they've got a Ferrari waiting behind them and if they, you know... Either of them could only be an injury suspension or a couple of bad reads away from giving this kid a shot and you don't want to give him a shot. No, no way. And also, the fact that they're even talking about, like, oh, it's going to take a lot, it means that there is pressure there and it exists now. Yep. The, the, the pressure that probably wasn't there last year for them is right there and his name is Cooler, which is good because, you know, maybe we, re- we have to remember Harper and Parker were fantastic for the – during the season, they were fantastic for Manly. So, so good. So – if it takes their game to a new level, then that's even better for Manly. And I mean, mate, it was this time last year we were sitting, we would have been sitting here saying Curtis Sirinan's going to be on one edge, Andrew Davies going to be on the other. They both get injured. All of a sudden, you got these two second rowers that could yep. play Origin now. Yeah, Sirinan never even got a look in it. He's not there anymore. Yeah, we got because moved these on. two. So, yeah. mate, if you're if you're in this side and there's good guys underneath you, you don't want to give them a sniff because you might not get your jersey back. No, absolutely. So, I think it's a very promising signs for Manly. Very promising signs. I mean, mate, even um. Georgie Tafua. I know. It's like he's fallen off the side of the earth. I know. It's crazy. It's it's just insane. Like, and they probably won't re-sign him either. It's unbelievable. Unless he takes massive pay cut, which, you know, he's probably earned. Yeah. It was only, what, two years ago we were watching highlights of Tafua. Absolutely wreck Munster. Poor bloke. That went worldwide. Yeah. Yeah. Shows you how, like, Manly, I just cannot believe that, like, three years we were sitting there hearing reports of, like, their their uh, facilities are terrible, their roster needs a complete explosion, uh, you know, will Tommy ever get his, you know, back on the field to, holy shit, they might have the best juniors or reserve grade in the comp. I was thinking the or, other day. As in one of Yeah. Sorry. Do you remember the first five weeks last year where they, they look like <laughs> a park footy side? Or yeah. there was all this pressure on Des and everything. Can you imagine if Turbo, instead of that being a four-week injury, if that was a 10-week injury? I mean, if it kept going the way it was... They would have moved him on. They would have moved him on and they would have been up shit creek. Yep, yep, yep. Like, thank God he came back when he... Imagine if he was out for the year and we still hadn't untapped Mate. what Tom Trevojevich has. Desi would be gone. I reckon a few of the others would be looking around. I reckon Desi and DC would have been gone. I reckon Curtis Irinan would still be there. Yeah. I, don't, I don't reckon they would, they would have got the best out of these young kids that yeah. they had. Like, the side would look completely different off the back yeah. of that hamstring healing a few weeks 
And like DC ended up turning his season around. Yep. He played really well last year as well. Uh, and what's interesting about that as well is they were actually someone like was asking Desi Hazard, do you need to bring in someone to help you? You could tell Desi was like, "Are you serious?" I actually um, had a discussion, and it was it was it's actually not my first rodeo. Yeah, like, bro, um, I was actually discussing online yesterday, and this was a good discussion, just talking about Desi's role and what happened at the doggies. And and I'm of the mind that although Desi made mistakes, there is no doubt that he absolutely. I feel it is like shockingly clear now he was not the problem at the Bulldogs. I feel like he has proven, you know, when he went to Manly, Manly were lower on the table than the Bulldogs. Then he took Manly to obviously a premiership threat now. We're having a discussion though um, about basically how good of a coach Desi is. And going back over it, he's actually, and I, I have to recheck this, but I think he's the most successful coach out of Bellamy and Robinson over the last 15 years. He would be. He's made what, four or five grand finals? Five grand finals, yep. one, two of them. Uh, he's only missed the finals in 17 seasons, three times. And, and, uh, one of them was at Doggies and then two, I think, at Manly. Yeah. Like, I know people want to hold a lot against Desi because of what happened at Canterbury, but just logically, I'm sorry, he is not the only guy in the room signing these contracts. It's not his responsibility it's to balance It's not like, I'm sorry, I know Canterbury like to put their head in the sand and say, nope, not our fault, but kind of is. It's kind of your role to... Like, I just what, don't. what I don't get is like, I understand... Let's, if your argument is Desi shouldn't have gone to those players and said this contract, blah, blah, fair enough. Also, if your argument is he shouldn't have moved on XXX player, fair enough. I think Desi has shown evidence that even if he did move on those players that you like, he's shown evidence he can rebuild clubs and, and develop other players. Um, but it is not his, it is the responsibility, it is the role of the CEO and the CFO when Desi comes to them, if it is Desi, and says, like, to be honest, a coach should not be handling contracts. Like, that is crazy. He should be saying, like, this is who I want to target, right? But if Desi goes to him and says, this is a contract we want to offer, it is the job of the chief financial officer and the CEO and go, we cannot afford that. Look at the salary cap here. Look at look at what this is going to do to us in, you know, three or four years. We're going to have to move this player on. If those those that CEO and CFO clear those contracts, then that's on them. Like, that, if that... I just yeah. Anyway, uh, was we, Desi going to the CFO and asking who should I pick in the halves this week? Yeah, it's play uh, your role. Yeah, that's exactly. And someone said like, oh, so when Desi wins, it's his fault. But when uh, when you know the club happens, it's not his fault. I said it's two different things. The club, if if they're approving contracts that shouldn't have been approved, then that is the the staff's fault. But if he loses on the field, that is Desi's fault. The comparison is when Desi wins on the field, that's his fault. When Desi loses on the field. That's his fault. All that other stuff that needs approval from the head office, that they got, you got to bear responsibility for it. And that is not even to mention all the infighting that we had heard about between yep. the board and everything. Anyway, don't want to get sidetracked with that. Um, I think Desi has proven though he is a good, a really, really good coach. A without really a doubt, co like without a doubt, to go back and do what he did when before he left, it was talking about didn't have enough resources. They were the owners wanted to sell the place for us. So good signs for uh, Manly. Now, on to the. The Sharkies. I'm look. I know it was trials, but I'm really liking what I'm seeing. I was very hesitant. Uh, you've been trying to convince me for six months now about Nico Hines at seven. Yeah, I'm and harder the than a cat's head for Nico Hines playing seven now. Mate, I'm very keen on. I've it. been Maddie. I've been on the Sharkies for a while now. Hey, very much so. So, so are you in? Are you I'm in? Conceding. 
You're conceding. Yeah, I, I was ne- I was never totally anti them. I just thought they'd struggle to score points. I thought that their defensive attitude they've signed would get them to a finals yep. berth. But um, yeah, I. I said a few weeks ago that I, I think they're the only team I can see coming from outside the eight to making the top four. Mate, I, I look at them and I look at their side. During Origin, who are they going to lose? It's a really good point. They're not going to lose anyone. I mean, I, I don't know what the betting market's looking like for them to be a top four side, but I think that they've got the potential too because they're going to be the one side that isn't going to miss a heap of troops during Origin. It's a mm. big six-week advantage to keep your squad together during that time mm. um, I'm confident they'll be a top 8 team I've got them probably 5th 6th 7th 8th at worst I think um, you know obviously injuries come into play as they will for every single side but yeah I'm excited about the Sharkies mate I've yeah you, you've, you've definitely turned me on them no mate, doubt about that I am super excited about the Sharkies I think uh, are they a premiership threat? nah not no. yet not yet um, because, like, I look at, say, you know, Fafida, obviously, on his last year. Moylan, you know, maybe on his last year. Who knows? He could come out and absolutely kill it. Imagine the amount of money. That What's crazy about the Sharks? Insane. Imagine the amount of money they're still going to have next year in the cap. Yeah, it's scary. Like, it Fafida is, is on, I think, eight, like, he's on seven, 800K. Easy. Yep. Then you've got Moylan, who I assume is on at least six, 700K. Surely. Yep. Could, again, oh, we don't know their amounts, but I'd assume. Those two come off contracts. They can literally go into the market for a big buy, a big buy. And, oh, fuck, I, I hope I'm really wrong, but, you know, Wade Graham, there's going to be a bit of money sitting there, and I, I hope that he's able to get through the season. Uh, but it's another thing. Like they, they might have over a million dollars to spend next year. They might have over a million dollars to spend, and they've got a really good hooker in Blake Braley, and they yep. might have the best young hooker in that hasn't we haven't seen yet in Jaden Beryl as yep. well. So even those two just fighting for each other for that spot, uh, that'll bring out the best in those guys. Um, Will Kennedy, I said probably six weeks ago that I thought he was better than KP last year, and I stand by it, to be mm. honest with you. I, I think he's in for another big, big season. Um, I mean, I look at their back line. is not going to make the side for me, and yeah. he looked like a world beater at the Chooks last year. Mm. There's a reason why, why Fitzy's brought him over. Did you watch the trial the other day with Franklin Pello? Yes, I was going to crack did. my TV screen. It was unbelievable. Mate, if he can do that week in, week out... Wow, they got a they got a game changer in a front row. That's a big, big boy can lift the boys, and they did all that without Cam McInnes. Yeah, without Cam McInnes, without Sivatalka, there's, there's so much talent to go back into this side. I just, just point out um, on Ikevalu, Ronaldo Molotalo and Ikevalu both came out and said they're willing to play center this yeah. year. So there's and we have to remember Molotalo got selected for Queensland. Like he's a high, high quality winger. Yeah, well he. Um he finished that trial the other day playing centre, so mm. that might be an interesting little one there. I mean, if he ends up at centre, you've got to fit Connor Tracy in there, who he might be a little bit underrated, but tell me he's not a top five utility in rugby league. He well, can... Guess what's crazy? They still have Metcalf sitting on yeah. the bench. Their, their roster... Like I, I don't want to make excuses for the, the Sharkies over the last few years because they have underperformed, but when you look at what their cap has copped, they've got sanctions from the issues that happened with Flanagan... They moved on Josh Morris, thinking that they had, uh, thinking that they had Bronson uh, Sherry, Sherry. Yep. and then Sherry obviously passed. You know what I mean? Like they everything that could have gone went wrong, wrong has gone wrong. Like they, they, if they had waited a week, they would have kept Josh Morris, who was actually statistically still playing some fent. I mean, we saw him go to the roost and play great footy. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm really, I'm really liking the Sharkies. And like I know Fafita and Aiden Tolman are getting older, but the experience they bring and what they can bring to Hamlin ULA, 
I thought Royce Hunt. He was fantastic. Incredible. Yep. The other day. Poor old um, Tavita tr- tried to punch him two plays later. He steps two and carries four over and scores. I love everything about Royce. He's another guy that's come the hard way. People forget he debuted for the Raiders five years ago. Crazy. Then just fell into the wilderness for a couple of years of cut footy. He's come back. He looks great. As you said, Cam McKinnis still could have gone to this side. I thought Dale Finucane, his game the other day was sensational as well. He had so yeah. many more touches of the pill than I thought he would. Well, I look at a guy like Dale, and, and I think that I think you can tell that physically he's not as uh, damaging as he used to be, and that's only to to be expected as you get a bit older. But what he brings, as you said, in touches, in direction, in telling the boys we need to get here, here, do this, don't do that, it is invaluable. He doesn't need to be as physical as he no used to be. No way, no way. He just needs to get through a bunch of work, and and guide the forward pack around the park. I read somewhere the other day that um, when they're in the gym, there's a little pot of Fanuk and McInnes and Wade Graham that are together, training together. Could you imagine oh, wow. the intensity? Oh, I believe I believe the Melbourne Storm, he, Dale's nickname down there was Chaos, <laughs> which you oh. might know more than me, but it's like a training technique where you, you're almost going too hard for your own good, from Mate, what I've gathered. If your name's Chaos at yeah. one of the hardest training fucking clubs in the comp... Insane. ...you've got problems. Yeah. You're almost you got sick in the head. serious issues. Uh, and what's crazy is that's not even including McInnes, who also goes too hard for his own good. Yeah. Um, now, if we have to be critical, the concern would be, and I, with all my heart, hope this doesn't happen. I'm not... Please don't ever think that. But you've got Finucane, Graham and McInnes who could be susceptible to injuries. That is, that's just the, the truth of the matter. And Moiser. And Matty Moylan and Fafita. Yep. Uh, now, the concern could be if Finucane struggles with injury and struggles to get on the field, if McInnes, who we've already seen, is going to miss four weeks, if Wade Graham, who he's out for six to 12 weeks or something like that, a substantial period. If Matty Moylan also struggles, then, you know, what, nearly $2 million of your cap isn't playing week in, week out. That's my only concern, right? Everything else for me is like Cronulla Sharks in the next 24 months could be a top four side. Not this season, but next season. Everything else to me, but this is the only concern that I have. And look, this concern is fair, but unless you are one of the top four teams, I think every team has this same concern. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, they have guys that are more, I don't know if the word is injury Further prone along or, in their careers is yeah, the way I'd yeah. say. Yeah, and guys that have, I mean, a lot of those guys you just mentioned, they've got injury concerns because they put their fucking head where you wouldn't put your foot. Yeah. Like, that's the sort of guys you're buying. I still do think that, you know, if all those guys get injured, I still think this Cronulla Shark side, the mindset they'll get just from having those guys around yep. will be huge. Um, but, I mean, that's the reality. NRL, you're always going to have injuries. Things are always going to go wrong. I mean, mate, Moylan's starting 5-8, and it worries me that he hasn't played a trial yet, if I'm completely honest. that that's, that's I mean, I messaged you and I said, it's very bizarre that they're so concerned about Moylan because the report was he wasn't injured. The, the report was that basically they just didn't want to risk you know, putting him on. And then I was like, wow, yeah, like, are we that concerned? Is how's he going to get through a year? Now, look, could be the fact that they've absolutely nailed this prediction. Moiser has played heaps of footy. He doesn't need to do a trial and risk himself. And he could come out and absolutely kill it. Um, but to be honest, Trindle, he's a six, man. And I, I really liked him in that six role. So what, he only misses 
two weeks? Two weeks, yeah. And then he's back ready to go. I, I thought that the partnership of Hines-Trindle is – that's good enough for me. That was good enough for me. Well, that's the beauty of it, mate. I mean, if you know, as much as it's more unlikely for, for Trinidad to get injured, if one of them does, to be able to bring Moyser in, they have got really good depth well, there. What I'm saying is, is like you got Moylan that will start. Yeah. But if Moylan struggles to play, bringing in Trindle, that's fucking. That's still a top six side for me and potentially. If it gets any worse, you've got Metcalf there still. That's so true, and you've got Connor Tracy. Yeah, well, I'd probably have Tracy before Metcalf to be yeah, honest wow. with you. So there, there is a bit, there's a bit going on there. There's a lot of depth there, mate. Um, well, but but just before we get on the off the Moylan thing, now on the flip side of that, imagine we see vintage Moylan, yeah. where they could go then. Yeah, look, That's if, if you, you listen to my podcast, you know my thoughts on Matty Moylan. I'm a huge fan. I just think there's not many, there's not many guys in rugby league that are born with his vision. Mm. Um, He's just got something that other blokes don't have, yeah. but we just don't see it enough. I know he's a very laid-back character and people like to get stuck into him about that, but he's got vision and a skill set that not many guys have in rugby league. I, mate, watching him the early days of the Panthers, and I'll be very interested to you say, I thought Lockyer. Mm. The yeah. timing and the way that he would just scan across the field and pick blokes up and then go around the back of them. and I don't know. He's just got something about him, Moiser, and I, I think it's great that he's not the guy anymore. Yeah. Like, as much as they had Sean Johnson and stuff, all the eyes are on Nico Hines. Not many people are talking about Moyser, which they normally are, bagging yeah. him and whatnot. So I'm excited to see how he goes. And there is the pressure now that Braden Trindle is a first grader. He's not a kid coming through. He's a first grader now. Um, so there is a bit of pressure on Moyser there, which I think will be good for him. Um, yeah, I think it's. I think we're at the point with Moyser too where it's now or never. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Trindle for me looks so much more comfortable in that six jersey. He looks. He looked great. I really liked his performance um, uh, in the trials. Speaking of looking great, Nakora. I was going to say, just get to that. He is my Smokey for Dalian yeah. back row of the year. Yeah, I back it. Smo- yeah. Smokey. Remember, guys. Remember what a Smokey means. It means it's a long shot. Sure thing. Back him in. Yeah, it's a sure thing. Put your house on it. Uh, but from what I've seen, how he's playing, he's off contract. We all know that gives extra motivation. He's looking, and also on top of that. Nico Hines already seems to be building a partnership with him. I heard Nico Hines uh, in an interview about five weeks ago, so this is before trials or anything, say, who's impressed you most? And that was the first name he said, Brittany Cora. Really? So I know it's a small thing, but, I mean, there was 30 blokes for him to choose there, including Dale Fanuke and Andrew Fafet. Like, there's a lot of really talented guys on that side. For him to pick Britton Nakora mm. and say that and then have the connection they did in that trial. I mean, he scored that one trial, which was really good, but if you watch Nakora... He ran that same or similar line another five or six times. He was just going 100 miles an hour. It's a nightmare line. Yeah, And look, Canterbury left edge defence was an absolute shitstorm. Don't get me wrong. But you can see when guys are in sync with each other. Mm. And uh, and these two look like they're in sync with each other. And, and Nakora played that same game in the All-Star. So it's yep. not like it was just against, you know, a struggling Bulldog side. Now, I'm, I'm a big fan of Nakora almost to the point where I've been a bit disappointed that he didn't kick on to be the player that we thought he could be in the last year or two. Now, you know, injuries and everything the Sharks have gone through, different halves, pairings, all that kind of stuff. Um, but you, you do see this, guys explode. They find their way over the next 50 games and then they yeah. kick on again. So I, you know, I'm really, mate, that, that Cronulla right edge, you go Hines, you go Nakora, you go Jesse Ramian, then Katoa or, or, or whichever one of the wingers will be there. But that Nakora and... Um, Ramian, that little, that little 10 metres there, that's going to be lethal. Yeah. Those two are so hard to handle. And Jesse is a guy that 
kind of going under the radar now. He burst onto the scene, talked about in origin, yeah. went to the Knights, seemed to struggle under the coach Nathan Brown, uh, comes back to the Sharks. You know, has he been as destructive as maybe his first year? Maybe not. But he also has been um, – he hasn't been poor either, in my opinion. And we know that, at the very least, we know what he can do. Yeah. You know, we, he absolutely is still young enough to put on those performances. So. And I think Raymond is also one of those guys that he's still young. You have to bring him into the game. For sure, for sure. Uh, as a halfback, fireback, you have to bring him into the game. And I thought that when he played with Sean Johnson, he always looked incredible. When SJ was injured or not there, that's where you sort of – you could see Jesse Raymond getting a little bit lost. So I think it's just so, so many options for, um, for for the halfback to work with there. Nico Hines, so I'm very excited about that. Cronulla Sharks right edge. I think they'll give a lot of left edge defences, a lot of headaches this year. Absolutely. So for us, basically prediction, mine would be four to eight. Four being an incredible year. Yep. Um, seventh being a solid year. Six being, you know, good. Eight being... Um, a solid year. Anything outside the eight, I think I'd be extremely disappointed. Yeah, I think they'll be disappointed if they miss the eight. Obviously, pending a heap of injuries, but even so, they'll be setting their aim on. I mean, it's probably unfair, but you look at what the Roosters went through last year. Craig Fitzgibbon's coming from that sort of a attitude and that sort of mindset, so he'll be expecting we, we play finals footy. That's who we are. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, they're playing the Raiders. Now, for this game, I probably am going to pick Sharkies to get the W. It's close um, though. Yeah, it's close. I'll be interested to see the exact team that the Canberra Raiders name first and the Sharkies, to be fair. Um, yeah, it's a big night for the Canberra Raiders. Home, Back at Sharkies. home. Is it Raiders at home? Raiders at home. Okay, yeah. wow. I thought it was Sharkies at home because Sharkies were put first. No, GIO. It's up, okay, it's wow. That there. might change so, things. Yeah, that, that, that's wow. what I'd probably tip Canberra there. I thought Sharkies at home because it was like in before this. Um, okay. Fuck, what a game. What a game. Shit. I can't wait for it. I don't, I, I'm, I'm um, unsure at the moment then. I'll have to keep and thinking I, about I, it. I just, from watching them in that trial, I thought the, the pack looked good. They looked strong. I mean... Uh, as a trial, so I, I can't remember if they won or lost, but I remember I Manly. They beat Manly. They beat Manly. By two points, I think. Yeah. Manly scored two tries off drop balls and intercepts where the fastest guys on the field happened to get the ball. Canberra showed a lot of resilience. Can Canberra showed that they are the old Canberra – well, they showed that they look like the old Canberra Raiders yep. again where they just hang in, they get it done. I thought Jack looks sensational. I think he'll take a lot of confidence out of that. I, I think they'll be super keen. Bringing Kotrick back into the fold, Adam Elliott walking in. I, I just think – and as much as the, the halfback's injured, I'm so high on this Schneider kid. I, I just think he's going to bring a new little bounce to their step. Yeah, so, I, I can see that. And the Cronulla Sharks, I thought they looked great in that trial. Don't get me wrong. We've just spoke about how good they look. The Canterbury team did look awful. Yeah. So I, I, I'm, yeah, I, I like Canberra. I assume Cronulla the favourites. I'm not sure, but I, I like Canberra in this game down there. Now, the reports are coming out of Canberra that Charles Nickel Cookstead has won the fullback position. Now, it's only reports, so we don't know. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that is the correct call? I think where it's good do you to put see Savage? one of their top five players playing his right position. <laughs> yeah, no, it's bizarre. I, I, don't I, I never understood to, why he was even under pressure. But. I yeah, we, we've been talking about this for five weeks. We've absolutely copped it left, right and centre. If I get sent that highlights package one more time, <laughs> But like we said, the last trial, he was pretty quiet. No one spoke about Savage. Mm. 
Love Savage. He's going to be a star. None, neither of us are pushing back on that in any way, shape, or form. Chance is a guy that's proven under the bright lights on the big stages. He will do a job for you. He will consistently do a job for you. Um, writing's on the wall for me. Mm, okay, so you reckon CNK gets it. Where do you put... Or So Rapana is out for the first week. Does that give you a spot for Savage on the wing? Yeah, I don't know. You've... From what I've gathered, I think that Tomoko will be one ring, one wing. I think um, Semi will be the other centre, which worries me a little bit, but apparently he's going to be the right centre. Uh, then you've got Kotrick would have to be on one wing. So, yeah, maybe he does get a spot. Am I Who, who am I missing on the other winger? There's, there's a heap of guys out in there. So, I mean, Sebastian Chris is sem- seemingly, from what everyone I hear talk about the Raiders, it's like he's not there at the moment, yep. which I, I thought he, he would be somewhere. Um, maybe he does get a gig out on the wing. So you're, you're telling me Croker you think is I, I don't think he's going to get picked. Wow. That's huge, man. That is absolutely... I'm pretty confident he's not going to get picked because I'm... Yeah, I'm, from what I've gathered, I think that you'll see the halfback goal kicking. So I, that would say to me that Jared Croker's not. Holy. And based on their last trial, he was the starting left centre against a reserve grade team the week before. Then he was jersey 130 or, or whatever yeah. the next week. And Tomoko played left centre. So, wow. Well, it's crazy. So Croker has 2022, 2023, and then 2024 is a player option. How do you think they're going to navigate that? Yeah, I don't know. And before people jump down my throat and say, how could he possibly expect to play that last year out? He's not in the first grade side. We have to remember, he earned that contract. The club offered him that contract. They didn't offer it to him out of goodwill. They didn't offer it to him out of everything he did up until that point, earned the offer that they gave him. Now, if you can sit there and be like, yeah, but it's not good for the club, rah, rah. You know what's not good for Croker is not getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars that he earned. He earned. Now, you could say, is he playing as well as he used to? No, he's not. But is he turning up and doing his duties to the best of his ability right now? I would say there is never a doubt of Croker's uh, commitment to it. So that is going to be... I remember, remember we were talking about it. I was like, bro, I'm telling you, yeah. this could get ugly. This could get ugly. I hope it doesn't. You hope it doesn't. Good God, you hope it doesn't. Oh, my God. But uh, if there's yeah. one bloke that deserves a good send-off, it's Jared Croker. Yeah. And if there's one bloke that took the extra few hundred thousand dollars to sit in reserve grade, I'd, if he was my mate, I'd go, yeah, good on you. Mate. Fair cop. Fair cop. I mean, he's li- like, yeah, uh, just he earned that contract. Remember, guys, Yeah, he didn't sign himself. The offer was from the Raiders saying, we want to give you this contract because right now this is how much we think you're worth. Going forward, uh, yeah. Look, I hope the problem is he still has this whole season, whole next season, and then another season. Yeah, I just hopefully they can come to an like. Look, best case, no, what I hope really is he fights his way back into the squad and he kills it again because he's only like 30, 30 years old or something, thirty-one. It's credit to Canberra. I mean, Josh Hodgson has been in a similar spot the last few years. He looked like he was the Canberra Raiders. He got injured. Tom Starling came in and you sort of went, are they better with Starling? I mean, all of a sudden you now got these two guys. I think Jared Croker is going to give some young kids an opportunity there who are all weapons. 
I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if in a year's time we're going, oh, do we need Jared Croker in this side? Same as we sort of are now. It's credit to the Canberra Raiders how many young guys they've brought through and how talented they've been straight away. I look at Jamal Fogarty as well. He's got three years on that contract. I'm really high on this young kid, Schneider. Mm. He could be a similar – and it's gr- it's good. I mean, if you've – as much as it sucks with these contracts and everything on paper, if you've got so many guys playing so well that some of your more experienced guys you can't fit into your team – that's it's, the thing. Like, well, what's the comment? How do you go to Croker after everything he's done at the club and say, mate, can you please, you know, what I'm hoping, I'm hoping it doesn't get to that point where, A, he fights his way back in and he plays exactly how we know he can. And I thought he played really good in that first trial. So I was surprised that he didn't even get a crack in the third trial, really. Yeah. Um, that's, why, that's why I am a bit concerned where their thinking is. Like, he didn't even get... A, like, you're telling me that he couldn't start where Semi started or Tomoko couldn't... So I, I think that shows a clear indication of the, the Raiders' thinking. Now, let's say best-case scenario, he fights his way back in, boom, perfect. What I'm hoping the worst-case scenario is, and it doesn't go any lower than this, that they can come to an agreement of, like, you retire now, you've got a job at the club yeah, and the coaching for staff yeah. for the next, you know, whatever years it is. Yeah. I'm sure over the next 18 months or so... Him and Ricky will get together for a beer and it'll probably be a tough conversation, but... Uh, they probably already had... That's the thing, though. They've probably already had that conversation. Yeah, but... Yeah, they probably have, but, uh, like, the situation is changing. Well, I, but, like, I think it's... I think they've already had it because he started two guys, like, rookies in the mm. trials. Like, he didn't even give Croker first crack. Usually the way it is is, like, you give your veterans, like, first crack. Then if the youth comes on and kills it, you go, yeah. mate, like, I gave you first crack. You didn't really do much. Going to give it to her. Whereas, like, I think the Raiders have shown their hand a little bit here and said, look, we're going for youth here. Um, but but at some point next year, there's going to have to be a, another conversation, oh, yeah, I think, when sure. it comes if to he, crunch time. If he doesn't, yeah, if he doesn't yeah. fight his way back in. But Croker's a fighter, man. He's a fighter. Yeah, he's a goer. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. You, you just hope that his body allows him yeah, for sure. to do it. Um, Interesting. Jack Whiten actually has two years of player option, which yeah, is I interesting. That. Yeah. Uh, big yeah, year for Canberra. Big, massive year. It's a it's a club defining year for Canberra. Yeah. Because what's what is hard is like, I can't put them in my top six, but that roster is a top six roster. Easy, easy. Like they got some of the best youth. I would say Manly, Panthers, and Raiders probably have the best youth right now. Yep. Um. In saying that, if we get to the end of the year and they're fifth or sixth, like, it's not going to bowl you over because that's where they should That's be. where they should finish for sure. Yeah. But in saying that, with everything they've gone through, I would say that's a win. Oh, for sure. Yeah. All the drama, how close they got to the club just absolutely imploding. So I'm going to tentatively say fourth to eighth is where I see them landing, but I, I just don't know who I take out of the top eight to put them in. So I just... It doesn't make sense, I understand. Like, I can only have a certain amount of eight sides. But I will put them, I'm going to put them in from fourth to eighth and just let me – I just want to see them play the first few rounds to see where they're at. Yeah, I've got them sixth to tenth. Um, I've got them – there's two teams that I've got penciled in for eighth spot and I can't split them. They're one of them. Yeah. We'll get to the other team soon. But, uh, yeah, I think they'll be there and thereabouts. Like, My bad. I thought we could only go one to four, four to eight. Oh, okay, eight, right, right, okay. Yeah, well, if, if you made no, me no, say are they going to be 4 to 8 or, or 8 to 12, I, I like I your version better. I like your version better because yeah. it gives me more wiggle room. Yeah. I'm going with what you just said, 6 to 10. Because for me, 4th seems very bold. 
That's I. That's yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, I thought. I, the same I thing. knew you felt bold yeah, about I was that like, too. Yeah, fuck, yeah, man, yeah. four. Yeah, like four. Four. It's crazy how four can sound outrageous. Yeah, but six, you're like, oh yeah, no, yeah. I get it. But that's a top four roster. Yeah, Tell no, me no, that I is a top four yep. roster. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, six to ten is much. Yeah, I agree with that more. Absolutely. Fuck, but it, in saying that, if they finish ninth or tenth, that is. That's a bad year. But, mate, they, they could finish. Mate, if they don't sort out all, all the seemingly off-field stuff and they get a couple of injuries here and there, I mean, the ball hasn't been fucking kicked yet. They've just lost their halfback. I mean, it, they've just lost Harley Smith-Shields as well. If it, They yeah. could finish 14th. Fuck, mate. That which would just be a shitstorm. But, I mean, Matty, you got the ladder. Where where'd they finish last year? What were they, 11th? 10th, 11th, around in, that mark? In one of the worst bottom table seasons we've ever seen. Yeah, it was seen. the easiest year to ever make the finals. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was It was only a year we had a win-loss ratio. Yeah, by four games, it wasn't even close. Fuck. And they lost Harley Smith-Shields as well. Yeah, it's... It's, yeah, I mean... I, uh, they came 10th last year. Man, finishing 14th isn't... I mean, there's a heap of teams below 10th that, in my opinion, have improved this year. I'm nervous because I look at that roster and I'm like, I can't see him outside the eight. That's a top eight roster every day of the week. I'm going to even narrow it down even more. I think six to ninth. Six to ninth. No, tenth, I, tenth I, I me, can't draw a line in the sand at nine because they showed last year that they're more yeah. than capable of completely shitting the bed. But tenth for me is a massive disappointment. Massive, massive. So, so is 13th, but it wouldn't surprise me because yeah, they've got good. that sort of capability in them. I mean, we've already seen Ricky and fair enough come out and already blowing up. I mean, he's already had one huge blow up in him. It's but two weeks away from... Oh, it's a sensational, sensational blow up. It's got Ricky written one all One of the best blow ups I've ever seen in my life. But, like, they're not under pressure yet. Nothing yeah. started. Yeah, wow. I'm, I'm going glass half full. I think they make the eight. Somehow. You always make me sound like an asshole. No, 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 because I'm with you. I'm yeah. absolutely with you. Like, I, I, they, you're truly right. Like, they, they showed last year. They had an incredible roster and they just they struggled. So... But I, I just think that, that watching the trials, they seem to be past that. They seem to be past it. Does Jack play Origin this year? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that uh, Papanusen gets that 14 role. I think either Papanusen or Nico Hines. Even Radley. Even, I was about to say Radley could yeah. be another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very That 14, you could even put Schuster in it. If Jack misses Origin, Raiders miss finals. Player option next year. <laughs> Well, I think he takes it because he'd be demanding fair coin. Mm. The Broncos make a play at him six with Adam Reynolds. Probably couldn't afford him. You know what? Know. He probably would demand quite a bit on the market. Because I personally think that if if the Raiders end up parting ways with Ricky Stewart, I think it's a matter of time until Jack will go too. Mm. I think those two are pretty heavily linked to okay. each other. I don't think that's any secret. Um, the, once the more you look into this season, the bigger it is for Canberra. Yeah, it's it's defining. Yeah, it's a club defining year because they 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 fought their way tooth and nail all the way up to being one of the most loved clubs in the NRL into the grand final. They could truly go drop down to second year in a row. No, uh, it was so them. impressive what they did. Like, it's very hard to find anyone that's got much sympathy for Ricky Stewart. Mm. Realistically, <laughs> let's call a spade a spade. Like, it's hard to find someone that's got sympathy for him. And people were genuinely getting around. Granted, they played the Roosters. It was probably an ideal matchup <laughs> for them as far as the public eye goes. But people were around the Canberra Raiders. There was milk left, right and centre. Yeah, people oh, yeah. were... Massively Viking clap. Oh, there was Roosters fans doing the fucking Viking clap at the grand final. Like, people got right into 
Raiders fever and I don't know, has it it feels like it's kind of been undone. Um, just quickly, another guy that I think that actually has trialed really well, especially in the first trial, Albert Hopperwadi. He could sneak a, a wing spot. Yeah, I um, hope so, mate. Hopper, <laughs> I had a, I had like a Facebook memory come up the other day and it was of one of my first ever guru posts from 2018 that said this could be the year for Hopper. I oh, know wow. he's had injuries previously, yeah, yeah. this could be the year. So it's been, we're pushing four or five oh, years yeah. of that same rhetoric with Hopper. He's got ability. There's no doubt about that whatsoever. Um, his body just needs to help him out. For sure, for sure. Um, yeah, look, I'm just going to go off what I've seen at the trials. I think the Raiders are on the bounce back. Not bouncing back to where they were, but I think they're going to progress back. Bouncing back to being relevant. Bouncing back to be a real challenge for the top eight, and I think Schneider is a huge, a huge part of that. And if it's not Schneider, it's Fogarty when he comes back. Because uh, we know, yeah, so... I'm glass half full for Raiders. I'm glass half full. I've, yeah. got a, I've got a bit of hope for them, for sure. Yeah, and as much as I said negative things, as I said, they're one of my two teams I've got penciled in for the eighth spot. Yeah. But I can't quite split at the moment. Just for Raiders Sharks, the odds are actually even. $1.90. Really? Plus. See, that's why I can't split them either, bro. Let's show you, at least we're on the money with it, because like, I yeah. don't know. The, the Sharks, anyway. I'll have to think about it more. If I have to, we ha I mean, let's, I'm going to go Sharks. I'm going to go Raiders. Okay. Board okay. bet, we're on. Yeah, we're on. Uh, now, on to this for me is the biggest swing side in the comp. I actually have them four to eight. Yeah, um, so do I. And I, 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 it's such a weird competition. It's all about the Rabbitohs, by the way. Yeah, Rabbitohs, yeah. It's so weird when a team can go from you know, an out-and-out -out top four to a four to eight and we, we talk about it like it's a big downgrade. Yeah. Like, it's not really, but I just I just don't think they are in that those top three. Like, for, for me, I can only see three teams lifting a trophy at the end of this season. Mm. South Sydney, they aren't one of them. To be fair, they weren't one of mine last year. They made it to the grand final, so credit to them. But I just – I think there's enough worse teams than them in this competition for them to definitely play finals footy. Uh, but I, I think fourth is the absolute best place they can finish, and I would argue that eighth is probably, I think, the worst place they can finish based on their roster. Mm. The only concern I have with them is things could snowball. Yeah. Someone gets injured, Cody Walker gets injured, all of a sudden that Wayne shadow that seems to absolutely decimate clubs, like decimate clubs, that, that could hurt them. Like the media then, the child gets injured, or you know what I mean? Like it just could become a situation where they're chasing their tail, it's splashed all over the end, they've got a young seven under pressure. I just, that's the only, that's, that's doomsday scenario. That's a worst case scenario. But I do believe that they will fight tooth and nail getting that four to eight. Now, last year they ended up third, I think. But we have to remember most of the year they were hovering around that four to, I'm pretty sure anyway. I think at the start of the year, a lot of people had them out of the eight. Yeah. Um, so look, I think they'll fight their way into that four to eight. And I think that, again, it could go either way. We could say, see a similar run that we saw last year. Because we have to remember in that grand final and the game before as well, I think Reynolds was like pretty badly injured. Could barely kick. Yeah, he wasn't kicking yet. Yeah, yeah. so uh, I still believe, are they a premiership threat? Not as much as last year, but they have Cody Walker and Latrell Mitchell Magic. So I'm not willing to rule them out. They've got enough talent to beat 12 of these sides in this competition week to week for me, which we'll see them with a top eight finish. Um, I mentioned it earlier. Michael Pride had some really, some other really interesting numbers. I thought on teams, 
coached by Wayne Bennett the year after, yep. on average, they drop down at least three spots on the ladder. So that would have them at sort of that sixth, sort of seventh range, uh, which we believe in. I, I also, my jury is a little bit out on the coach as far as just sort of the way that he, the way that he sort of handled himself during that grand final worried me a little bit. And it's not really an insult to him. It's more so just you're coming in after Wayne Bennett, who is just so calm, relaxed. Everything's just sort of in cruise control. You're losing your halfback. A lot of things change. I just and I, I think he is a bit more of a an intense character from what I've seen. And I just wonder how this squad is going to respond to that after being so used to um, the way that Wayne does things. The other thing about this is the coach Demetrio. He's been the assistant for the last few years. You can talk about it better than me. What's the relationship like with your assistant coach? Oh, man. Oh, it's totally different because you yeah. get to give all the good news and none of the shit news. Uh, and we He's going to have to hand out a lot of shit news this year, yeah, I think. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, he's a rookie coach. That, yep. That's that's the – we do not know how he's going to go. We do not know how he's going to go. Regardless of Wayne, regardless of – being a head coach in the NRL, we've got maybe four coaches that have cemented their sports that are currently in the NRL. We've got Desi Hasler, who was also under pressure last year. You got Wayne Bennett, you got Trent Robertson, Craig Bellamy. That's really it. Outside of that, bit of a revolving door. Um, so hopefully Dimitri does it. One thing I am quite concerned about, actually significantly concerned, it's not about this year. Latrell Mitchell and Cody Walker can sign with another club November 1st of this year. That is two motherfuckers you don't want off contract at the same time. Do you have concerns with that? Um, yeah, and also I, Damien Cook as well. Damien Cook as well. Yeah, I, I think that um, I, I think the young bloke they've got behind Damien Cook, Matt Mamazellis, he's no Damien Cook, but I think that if something was to happen, the Cook was to leave. There's a gap between Damien Cook and Mamazellis. Don't get me wrong, but I think the gap between those two is a little bit closer than Latrell and whoever would be next and Cody. If you know what I mean, Cody Walker yeah. and Latrell. Like, um, holy shit! I, I think Latrell and Cody will stay there. Uh, long term but uh, man, if this season doesn't go well and this is where I do worry about losing Wayne Bennett is with these two because he seems to have such he seemed to have such a good bond with both of them um, should I say the dirty word shoot go the club that should not be named Redcliffe Dolphins yeah look I I, I, I the, the one thing I will say about Latrell and Cody I just know that they are so ingrained with the local community. Oh, for well. sure. That's the other thing that for I sure. think plays into South Sydney's favour. I think it'll be... I mean, in saying that, Cody's from... Up, I think Cody went North to Palm South Beach, Corumban, did he? He lived he? in Gold Coast for quite a while and yeah. he's from northern New South Wales, I'm okay. pretty sure. Sweet. Yeah. So he'd be a four-iron down the road to where he's, you know, he's... Uh, and I know I'm... Well, I'm I'm pretty sure Latrell's been taking unders for the last two years. Latrell's only 23 still, hey? Could you check that for Yeah, me? 23, yeah. <laughs> that, to me, blows my mind, eh? He's 23 years old. Oh, he's 24. 24. He still has 10 years left in the NRL. <laughs> but, like, they, you know... Latrell could change clubs next year and play somewhere else for 10 years. That's wild. That's wild. Um, I wonder if Wayne does... I mean, if Wayne isn't able to get his paws on a... Reese Walsh, Caelan <sighs> Ponga... Man, Latrell... Well, I'm actually more concerned about the Cody Walker. Yeah. Because I just think that he, like, don't get me wrong, he had a great connection with the troll. But, like, Cody Walker, at the end of his career, goes up to Wayne Bennett. He would be so good for that younger 
in saying that it'd be 33-34. Yeah, that's the only thing I worry about. But, fuck, tell me after watching him this year that he's slowing down. Tell me after watching him on Saturday night running around like a teenager, like a maniac. Looking, playing some of the best footy he's ever played. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, he looked freer the other night than I've seen Absolutely. Him looked physically the best I've seen him in a yeah. very long time. Best trials I've ever seen him play. Um, yeah, interesting. Very interesting time for Rabbitohs. They've got a great squad. Arrow's fantastic. Cook, Graham. Uh, Ilias is good for a rookie. Uh, Coloma Tangi is fantastic. So, Cam Murray, obviously incredible. Oh, I think you'll see Colum and Tungy have a very good season. He looks good in the trials. Well, from watching how they were playing in the trials, it looks like Jairo is going to be on the left. Yeah. Um, if you play left edge back row for the South Sydney Rabbitohs, on the surface it looks like it's great, but you you run as a decoy the vast majority of the time. Out on the right side, I think you'll see Colum and Tungy and the halfback Ilya strike up a really good combination, and you'll start to see why Freddie has Colum and Tungy. In his origin squad, he's got a lot to offer. Yeah, no, I um, well, he was what nineteenth man or something this year. Yeah, yeah. Look, I think the only reason why we're going, oh, I'm a bit concerned about the Rabbitohs. I think it's the Wayne effect. Yep. I think if we look at that roster, yes, they've lost Reynolds. It's still a top top tier roster. Still a top tier roster. It's just the rookie coach, no Wayne, Wayne uh, no Wayne Bennett and Reynolds is the only question marks. But then when you sit down and you go, okay, Damien Cook. Cam Murray, Latrell Mitchell, Cody Walker, Tom Burgess, Jai Arrow. Like, do you know what I mean? This is a top, top tier roster. No team's ever got better the year after Wayne leaves. And this team, they might not get better. But even if they get a little bit worse, it's still heaps better than a lot of other teams in this Oh, for sure. And it's still, you know, they've got a good foundation there. They can recruit whoever they want at the moment. And I, 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 I wouldn't even say that they'll get worse. They'll just be different. Be way different. It'll be a Cody Walker show. It'll be the Cody Walker show. I think Ilias will grow and grow and grow. Um, he's my rookie of the year tip. I, yep. I think he'll do very well. Uh, obviously, the position helps. The team helps. Uh, I think he'll have a very good season. I just think as the season goes on, they'll be better and better. Mm. And yeah, I, I don't know if they'll be good enough at the back end to really compete with those top sides. But this is a team I don't want to play in a. Prelim. Oh fuck that! Miss sure. me with that? No thanks. Can you imagine, like, you know, you've got, a, you've, got a, you've got an elimination final, you just lost the week before, and you've got an angry Latrell and Cody Walker that watched Michael Jordan's I, documentary? I even think, no matter how well South Sydney go, I still think come finals time, the vast majority of people will say Melbourne, Roosters, Penrith are still the top three teams to beat regardless of South Sydney. We haven't seen them on the big stages without Adam Reynolds. So Yeah. I, yeah, I that narrative is going to be there all It's going year. to be there regardless. They, yeah. they, I honestly reckon this team could almost go undefeated until finals and mm. people would still sit there and say, yeah, we yeah but Adam Reynolds on the big stage. We don't know yeah. what's going to happen. And Wayne Bennett usually gets him up. Yeah. So they, they, they could be a real like dark horse. They're going to be underdogs no matter yeah, what. No matter what. Finals. And you don't want Cody Walker and Latrell Mitchell as underdogs because no, it's scary. Um, so I think South Sydney are going to have a good solid year. I don't think the narrative that like the whole club's going to explode because Wayne isn't there – I don't think so. I think they left on good terms. Um, I'd be very surprised if this squad just completely bombs. I think they're going to have a good solid year. They've got too many good guys in key spots yep. to bomb for and me. And watching Cody Walker take it personally, literally. Um, yeah. Just, <laughs> like how good was it to yeah, say? Fuck, he was good. He's so – I just – I personally have never seen a guy with a better footy brain on the field, like, just pick things apart. There was a moment where, as I said, when you play left edge back row of South Sydney, you tend to be a decoy. There was a moment where he got the ball and he threw it to Jair and he dropped him off and he wrapped around the back and he just told the next three guys where you need to. I haven't seen Cody do that before. Fucking hell. 
So that that art of dropping your back row and then coming down the short side, taking that back row up, putting him at first marker yeah. and then just playing around with what you've got. I haven't seen him do that in a while. And they scored the next play and they just looked lethal. I'm still, we're the same. I'm still so far convinced on the left centre in Paulo. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. I don't, I, I, it could be a real concern. Because it's like the Eels that can kept having that defensive issues on their edges and just getting pulled apart for a while there. Um, I was very keen to see them round one match up against the Broncos because it would have been Paulo up against Katoni Staggs. And we'll get to Brisbane in a minute. But the way that they look structured at the moment, I, I, I just, I'm not sure if Staggs is going to get the good ball that he probably needs. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know who gets that spot. I guess it's Paulo that gets that centre spot. But. Um, I think uh, Tass coming back, hopefully, will put a bit of pressure there. Yeah, fingers crossed. And hopefully Paulo turns into the – like, he's a great winger. Yeah, I think he's stoked a, to be wrong on Paulo. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And maybe it's just a couple of ball, trial, ball trials and he bounces back. He's a big athletic boy. big And he's really young, so he's got plenty of years to learn his craft. Um, and he had some great games last year. Some yep. great games last year. Uh, so hopefully he bounces back. Um, now, the Brisbane Broncos. Who have you got winning this match? Rabbitohs versus Broncos, the mighty, mighty Broncos. Well, I know you've pushed your ambush back, and I'm all for it. I'm <laughs> going to go with the Bunnies here. Um, man, I've got to tell you, even if Adam Reynolds was playing, I think I'd still go with South Sydney. Really? Just And, and I said all off-season that I, I thought this would be a really hard clash for the Bunnies, but I'm sorry, mate, what I've seen in trials from you guys has just been it, – it's been disappointing, hasn't it? Mm. You, you you must be shattered to some extent by they just still seem to lack direction to me and i know that is what reynolds will bring and reynolds is a great player i love him i'm huge on him but bringing reynolds into this broncos team i don't think it's the same as bringing cleary into this panthers side i don't think it all of a sudden everyone just grows an extra leg and they're unbelievable where, where, where do you sit you're yeah look very disappointing um i just you know the bias in me just keeps saying look hopefully it's just trials Hopefully it's yeah. trials. Hopefully... Which it, has been proven right on a number of occasions yeah. in the past. And so I understand that that is me just like, you know, put it this way. If I was... If I'm looking at the doggies, I'm going, Ooh, I'm really concerned. Yep. Because I'm looking at the Broncos, I'm going, hopefully it's just... Um, yeah, it's... it's it, Regardless, it's absolutely disappointing. It doesn't matter whether you're playing a trial or an NRL game. You don't want to turn out that. All I'm hoping, and I'm hoping with the doggies as well. I'm hoping with the doggies that... Um, there were certain decisions made by the coach in trials that like pulled players off in certain periods where they would have kept them on and all that kind of stuff. I, I did feel we were pretty good with Haas and Carrig- uh, Carrigan on the field. Yeah, I thought we lost a lot when they came off. But yeah, I'm absolutely disappointed with the trial matches. Um, again, just hoping that it's trials. Uh, but I look, I look at this roster, it looks a lot better than the last few years. Oh, sure. 100%. Definitely looks better. I will say this, even as just as far as round one goes, you have to remember Brisbane are missing two out of their four starting spine. They're going to be missing Tessie New, who I think would have been their first choice fullback, and they're missing Adam Reynolds, obviously, assuming. I think there's a chance that Adam Reynolds yeah. could play, but Don't I'm not buying like, it. Why, why are we yeah. risking? He already had a hammy concern. You're going to risk him after no training, essentially, for seven... Well, it's training, but it's on yeah. a bike. Well, yeah. It's a real kick in the dick for the Broncos, too, that they've spent the last three weeks trying to work out who on earth is going to partner oh, him. Man. They haven't... I, well, I'm sure they have decided, but I don't think it would be a definitive decision. Oh, yeah. This is the guy. He owns it. It's like, well, he's been the best out of these guys. Yeah. Um, latest then, word is, is, is going to be Albert Kelly and Walters. That's the latest word. 
And that makes sense to me. I feel a bit sorry for Gamble, to be honest. I'll tell you what would be really interesting, and I know you won't do it and people will probably call me crazy. Kobe Hetherington is out in game one. I would play Gamble at 13. Yeah, I'd consider that. Hetherington's such a big loss. Oh, my God. If there was one guy that trialed really well, it was Hetherington. No one's talking about it either. Mate. Well, well like, I mean, if you include your, your lock in your spine, all of a sudden they've lost three of their starting five spine. Hetherington, to me, is one of my most, like... When I see that we're struggling, I get disappointed. I watch a guy like Hetherington and go... There's hope, you know what yeah. I mean? There's hope there. Obviously, I look at Haston Carrigan, I go, hope. But Hetherington's a guy that's come through during this tough period. Yeah. And really, he Hetherington represents, and so does Carrigan, Haas, Stags to a degree. Um, He's probably the best value player in your team. Absolutely. But he represents that old get. school Broncos mentality. Yeah. Like just ripping and, and not, not like just not turning off, not just like... For a set, we're just going to turn off. He, he never turns off, so I'm devastated. His old man was like that too. Yeah, okay. Jason, just, he goes all day. Yeah. And he never like, he never just takes a tackle. You know, oh, I'm just going to take the tackle, get dominated. Like he's fighting every single play. And that's what we used to be all about. It's just like 80 minutes, we fight every single play. There's no like, oh, I'll just let you win this one. Right? It's just, anyway. Um, yeah, look, Broncos, Kurt Catewell coming out as captain. I, I think... Look, I'm going to pick him for an upset. <laughs> I'm going to pick him for an upset. I think, uh, yes, we don't have Reynolds. Yes, we're missing three of our initial starting spine. But I, <laughs> I do believe we have an exploit. Like, it's one game. It's the first game of the season. It's up at Brisbane, I'm pretty sure. It is. Yep. The boys come out firing and they get a bit of a quick start. And, and I mean, you know, we're using the Broncos as an example here. Every single team will be in the same boat. This mm. is their chance. They've put six months into this. Some teams coming off, a lot of teams coming off, what, 12 teams coming off probably disappointing seasons by their standards, yeah. realistically. Um, they're going to be, every single team, <coughs> sorry, every single team is going to be up for this game. And Brisbane are going to be another one. I just, I don't know. I just thought that the squad had looked more confident yeah. Right now, than what it does. No, absolutely. I, I agree. It's definitely been, it's definitely been disappointing for sure. The trials have not uh, given us, if anything, it's probably made us less hopeful. You know, we came into the season looking at the roster, going, "Fuck!" Like, we might challenge the top eight here. Uh, as in, some people thought that. I always thought ten is if we land at tenth. I think that's a win for us. Um, so yeah, for this season, it's all about Reynolds playing as much footy as he can and Catewell. Um, if we can get an injury-free season and finish 10th, I'm happy with that. CNRL, though. Yeah, you're going to have injuries. But what, what I'm trying to get at is yeah. that, like, a young squad with players, key players playing for long periods of time to build those combinations up. Yeah. I'm hoping that, you know, Capewell, by the end of the season, he knows who his half is, he knows who his centre is going to be, winger, and they build a, a like, because before this year, it's like, Where's the combinations? They just yeah. don't exist. We, we went through like six halves pairings. Um, so if, if they finish 10th to 12th, I'd be happy with that. Anything less than 12th, in my opinion, is a disappointing year for, for the Broncos. Did you ever think you'd say that sentence? Oh, no, no fucking way. Like, no way. Unbel- like without trying to put the shoe into you, but <laughs> like, like, honestly, for the club that the Broncos have always been, for the club that you played for, the club that I watched come through, it is so disappointing. And I, you know, People are probably used to it now because it's been two years. Yeah. But it, to me, it just seems like a strange reality, a bizarre reality for yeah. the Brisbane Broncos to be in this. With spot. the resources that we have, and we 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 basically don't know, we don't even have a six yet. And I mean, we're the Brisbane Broncos. We don't have a Darren like Darren Lockyer. 
That's our slot. We don't have one of them. Like it's not to say that we could get another Darren Lockyer, but do you understand what I'm saying? Now, don't get me wrong. Ezra Mam looks fantastic and probably will get that jersey next year. Uh, well, most likely. But yeah, I. I but like, yeah. Oh, I think Ezra Mam's got a big future ahead of him. But we have seen a lot of Ezra Mams. Oh, for sure, for like, sure. So it's it's. Uh, I mean, Solon Cobo, Cobo, although a freak, he still has a lot to prove in first grade. Like, there's no sure thing with him. Yeah. But I mean, he's closest to a sure, like, you know, without injury. He's yeah. as close to a sure thing as you could fucking. Yeah. Hopefully Ezra Mam kicks on. I think he's got all the ability in the world. Um, I mean, I remember looking at Albert Kelly when he first came on the scene and he was electrifying, yeah. unbelievable. You thought he could be anything. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting if, if Adam Reynolds, I mean, yes, the COVID stuff, but, I mean, it's blatantly obvious he's carrying an injury. Yeah. Right? There's no hiding away from that. Jeez, if he, if they do try and bring him back, earlier than what he should, which wouldn't surprise me, to be honest with you. Crazy if they did. Absolutely Cra crazy. Yeah, but it wouldn't surprise me if they do, mate. The optics, him coming back as the saviour, the guy to turn it around. Mate, hold your nerve. Hold no, your no, no, nerve. No, 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 I'm not disagreeing with you, yeah. but it wouldn't shock me if they do. And if he gets injured, oh, uh, could the optics hammy? have ever been worse for Oh, Brisbane? it'll be a disaster. If he, if he comes back early and does his hammy, it will be an absolute disaster. Yeah, like and then uh, the yeah. pressure on the coaching staff and everything like that will be ginormous then. Yeah, and then you will start to see more and more of the narrative around Billy Walters and Kevin Walters start to be played out in the media. They'll be like vultures to them. It's it yeah, that's going to be fucked. Um, look, let's look at some positive stuff. <laughs> let's look at some positive stuff. Everyone always likes. There's like, oh, you always wrap the Broncos. I'm like, bro, we, I sit here getting the, the Broncos get pizzled on my own yeah, show. I, I think it's a pretty unfair uh, narrative. I, if there's one thing, I, I sit here. Hello, sport guys. Every week, absolutely hammering them. <laughs> I got the guru hammering them, and I and then was like, "Oh, you always give Broncos raps." I'm like, uh, "Do you even listen to the well, fucking well, mate, show?" And and I'll defend you here. You, you've never said they would be top eight. I had them pegged as a potential eight. Yeah, okay. For a lot of the preseason no, until trials ten. were kicked off. I've been telling them. people to relax. Like, you don't build standards that you need to become yeah. a great club in a, in less than a preseason. But anyway, Negi is out of sight, out of the way. I do hope that a Rabadi, Ricky, and Pecora kick on because I can see them being three of the better back rowers in the comp over the next few years. They have the potential to be very damaging back rowers. Yeah, huge upside. Um, Rabadi, I, I really liked in little patches last year. I think he's got a lot to offer. Pecora, I know a lot of people got wraps on him. Ricky, and he could be anything. Oh, I think with Ricky, you got to remember, he, he's only been playing rugby league for a couple of years. He's still finding his way, Jordan Ricky, which is scary to think. What he is doing well he's he's already it's i think his attack is good his defense is where he needs to work on yeah. um but he's already impacting games as a guy that's you know, not played much footy um and he, he was put in before he was ready i mean you, you might think he's up was. to yeah, that yeah. Whole, i mean even a guy like that this whole look at this squad man like all these young forwards reese kennedy flegler um Hetherington, you could even argue. All these boys were put in too early and they, they went as fucking hard as they could. But hopefully we're going to see the positives of that, you know. Now Flegler has played plenty of first grade, you know, and, and now, you know, Reese Kennedy also played a lot of first grade. So hopefully we get some uh, dividends from that. I think we will. Like, for example, Flegler, um, you know, when he, when he runs hard and straight, he's fantastic. He's a real smoky for Origin as well. Yeah. I'll say this. When I look at your squad and, you, you know, we, we, we've got all the names down here, how long they're contracted. So you look at the names that have 2024 next to them. Kate Wall, Carrigan, Haas, Ezra Mam, Piercora, Reynolds, Ricky, Tabati, Staggs, 
it's a pretty good group of guys to build around for the future. I think that with one thing, regardless of how we go this year, our salary cap is finally balancing back yeah. into to, to where it should be. You know, Whereas we had a bunch of guys before that, even though I didn't think someone should have been moved on, but they were on huge contracts that weren't really delivering what they should be delivering. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, in the last two years before that, I, I felt like we, when um, Anthony Seabold got there, I thought he was too gun ho to like move on Maguire, move on, you know what I mean? Like move on all the older guys that had been there, part of the success. Yeah. Like Andrew McCulloch, I think that's a really one that sticks out. He's a Bronco through and through. He was there through the success. And we still haven't had someone replace him. And yet we tried to move him on like for years. And it's like, is he like, yes, he doesn't offer that much in attack, but are you telling me he hasn't gone down to the Dragons and didn't go to the Knights and play well? Yeah, but you also, you let him go after trying to get rid of him for years. It was blatantly obvious to me it was a mistake. Mm. You then had an opportunity to get him back. And you said, no, thanks. Yeah. And we're we're still fighting to get Corey Pakes to become a a hooker. Now now we're arguing over who should be the hooker. And uh, like... uh, Whereas Dragons, he's locked it down, that position. If, if either of these two hookers are at the Dragons, they wouldn't be the starting hooker. Yeah, it's, uh, that, that, that was a massive mistake. Obviously, Maguire hasn't gone on to play as well as he would have hoped, but it's still like he was playing. He's still a part of that culture. Like I just thought that Seaball was too keen to bring in the new instead of just slowly introducing And him. as much as Maguire hasn't played as well, I think he's a sort of attitude you've probably needed the last oh, few years. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Like, we need a bit of mongrel in us. And don't get me wrong, I think Haas, Hetherington, uh, Carrigan... Um, and he, and he's also a forward that has played with those guys before. Yeah, for sure. Like and that's, that's what I mean by, yeah. like, the Seabold moving those players on, you, you gutted the connection between the old and the new. Because they can't... Like, McCulloch, Glenn... Uh, Gillett, uh, all those boys, they came in just as the older boys were retiring. So they really had that connection to them. Um, anyway. Is, it is Matt Gillette the most underrated oh, factor man. in your downfall Mate, over the last few years? Or he what? was so important to us. So important. And him retiring was just such a big blow to the club. Such a big blow to the club. But yeah, look, the positive with the Broncos is their roster is unbalanced. We have Kurt Catewell, we have Adam Reynolds. Uh, it's all about setting stands this year. What does it mean to be a Bronco? We are no longer going to watch one of our players take a shortcut and cop that. We're no longer going to cop that. Um, so although the trials, yes, we're disappointing, we are, in my opinion, in a much better place. Um, and I would argue Ezra Mam and Solon Cobbo are two of the most exciting talents, period, in the NRL as rookies. That's, that's got to count for something. Yeah. That's got to count for something. Um, so hopefully we go right, but I'm going, I'm going tenth to twelfth. I'm going to pick them as tenth to twelfth. What have you got them in? The- yeah, I've probably got them tenth to fourteenth. Pending Reynolds. Yeah, pending Reynolds. With- and do you have them Rabbitohs or Broncos? Rabbitohs. Okay. Now sticking with you boys. Yeah, I'm going to go Broncos for an upset. Not because I. Not because I'm like just saying that because of bias like obviously there is some bias there just because it's at home and i just think they're going to come out with so much fucking energy that they may uh it may like put like robos may be like whoa you know because i really actually think the reynolds not playing has taken a lot of sting out of the the matchup for yeah, the for, for yeah. whereas broncos have so much to play for it's outrageous on top of that latron mitchell's not playing 
Um, so they're missing Latrell Mitchell, which is a huge factor. So I'm going to go. And they are still working out their new combos, their back so, row rollers. So I just think sides, yeah, Broncos half, for the upset. Broncos for the upset. It, don't get me wrong, it would be an upset, but Broncos for upset. Now, Sydney Roosters. Mate, I think Sydney Roosters this year, if Sam Walker plays the whole year and doesn't have issues um, like totally injury free, I think they're a, a premiership threat. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've probably got them and the Panthers in the grand final at the moment. Mm. Um, I mean, oh, no need for me um, to repeat it, but, I mean, you look at what the Roosters did with half a squad last year. Um, incredible. They're going to be the goods this year. I've had a lot of people say that, oh, yeah, but they've lost so much experience. They lost a heap of experience last year. They pulled it together, playing off the top of their head, essentially, with yep. an 18-year-old who... Hadn't played rugby league in 18 months yeah. with the keys. With a pre-season under his belt, um, with Luke Keary back in the fold. I think Teddy, as great as he was last year, I think he can go back to more of his natural game, not having to play fullback and 5-8. I think it'll be more dangerous for him. I, I think the key is Radley, though. I think he needs to play more games of football than what he did last year. He yep. is the stabiliser in this team. He's just so important to them. And it's almost, honestly, it's going to sound sacrilegious, but I would almost go to Radley, like, look, bro, in D, just don't even worry about just it. Chill. Just chill. And that's not just, like, I love his aggression, but I just think he brings so much in attack. That extra big hit that he pulls off, although it does G the boys up, and I fucking love it, it's just like, is it worth the risk of not having you on the field? Yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I think people watched Newcastle the other night and went, oh, they look, and same as myself, they look better because they've got Kurt Mann controlling the centre third, mm. Clune on the left. Mate, when the Roosters had Cooper Cronk, Radley was still controlling the middle. Yeah. I think people forget how important he was in both those grand finals. He is, he, he's not only a premier lock, he's a premier ball player in our game. He's gone. He is so underrated, it's not even funny. To have Cooper Cronk and Luke here and you still let Radley control the centre third, yeah. middle of the field was crazy. I just think he's so important to this side. He needs to stay on the field. And, I mean, good luck telling Radley to take it easy in defense. Yeah, I know. He'll it's probably tough. whack you. But I just, I just think that... Um, the upside in attack he brings, it's not that's worth... That's what I mean. Uh, like he's, yeah. he's probably the best ball... Not probably. He is the best ball playing lock in the competition, in my opinion. Uh, and I just think, like... We know you could snap blokes, but we're just it's just so risky with today's game. I just think the game doesn't allow for blokes like Radley to really fucking rip in, which yeah. is so depressing. And it's not like like that like if for me I look at this rooster side and I'm like, I understand what Rads can bring, but he doesn't need to be the alpha asshole. You've got Jared Rare Hargraves. Let him do that yeah, shit. Let sure. him he, he's done it for fifteen years now. For sure. He's got it. And you know, you've got Satili Tupanua on one edge, who is so aggressive. You've got uh, Saluka Fafida, who actually really impressed me in the trials. Um, when it comes to mongrel, they are not lacking in mongrel. Lindsay Collins goes all day. Angus Crichton, who is off, off contract, that basically said the contract is done, so that's great news for the Roosters. Um, you know, then you've got Egan Butcher, Nat Butcher. You got like they're not lacking for mongrel. They are they are not lacking for mongrel. And mate, if if Radley doesn't pull off a single big shot this year, it doesn't impact the Roosters at all for me. I personally would rather see Radley lift a trophy yep. than pull off a single big hit this lift year. Lift a third trophy. Yeah. I, got, I got a good stat for you. Um, before Radley got suspended last year, he had the most try involvements per game than any lock, the most receipts per game from any lock, the most line break assists of any lock, and the most line engage runs per game of any lock. Standout is the receipts. Yeah. That's how important he is to one of the best sides in the competition. Yeah. And, and it just... That's what I mean. Like, is it worth those big hits? Like, we just got the... the 
the stats. It, sometimes you guys think we're talking shit up here, but we actually watch a bit of footy. We watch a bit of footy. Too much, some would yeah, say. Too much footy, my missus would say, that's for sure. Um, but the number one ball-playing lock in the competition, is it worth him jamming a bloke? Uh, I, I don't think so. Uh, again, it, it, and I, it breaks my heart to say, because like, how could have the game gone so far where a guy like Radley can't express himself, you know, the way he... he and this is got but it's from, the reality. It is the reality. And this is coming from a bloke that got fucking shot at all the time. Yeah. So it's not like I wasn't in there getting bashed by blokes like Radley. <laughs> Bloody hell. Um, yeah, so Radley is a key as well for me. Uh, again, key for me too. I hope Sammy Walker gets through the whole year injury-free. And by the end of the year, we're not seeing him on the sideline or fucking, you know, in slings and rah-rah. We're seeing Sammy Walker just go to demigod status. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. And I mean... Even if he's not injured or anything during the year, I wouldn't be surprised to see Sam Walker just have a few games off. Mm. They can cover him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I, I'm glad that Sam Walker is in the hands of Trent Robinson. Yeah, he knows how to handle him. Yeah. He knows how to handle him. Uh, I mean, it's scary to think how good his attack was last year. Now he has a whole other preseason on his belt and he's going to be paired with Luke Keering. That's scary. Yeah. Hey, hey, Matt, can you check how many tries Tilly Tupanua scored last year? Uh, I think he is in for a huge season, Tupanua. Yep. Um, I I think that Andrew, uh, sorry, David Fafita had this unbelievable season last year. I think he scored 17 tries in the year, which is incredible. Mate, I think Tupanua and Matt will get 12. it. He scored 12. Wow. With a, uh, with all due respect to Hutchinson, a journeyman 5'8", a teenager learning just to find his way in first grade at halfback. We know that Luke Keary tends to play a lot of his best footy down the right edge. I think that Satili Tupanua, oh, yeah, it's probably bold. I'm going to back him to score more tries this year than Fafita. Wow. A raging Fafita. Oh, I, mate, I, this Tupanua, I, I don't think we've seen anywhere near his best either. I, I think he's going to have a huge breakout season this year. It's interesting because, like, at the start of before last season, I went and had um, coffee with the Morris brothers at the Roosters. And they said, mate, this is before last season. You should see Satili. He's going to have a massive year. He has been killing it in training. I, I think we haven't even seen the, the ceiling of Satili. Scratching the surface. Yeah, right? I think he can be one of the most damaging ball runners in the competition. And what's crazy is, like, you're not even mentioning Angus Crichton, who is falling, for me personally, and this may be a bit of a hot take, he's starting to get into that Teddy territory of he's playing so good so regularly you just expect it yeah you expect this like top top tier any other player in the back row playing the way angus has over the last few years you'd be like holy shit this is like the next big back rower but we just become used to it we become yeah. so used to angus Crichton playing the way he is and a few times he's been shifted into the middle he's been as effective mate comes into origin even in that origin i think where you know when queensland won i'm pretty sure angus Crichton was really the only one that took it to a Queensland forward pack that essentially dominated yep. that game three. Angus Crichton was the only one that really gave it back he's to us. He's a different beast, Angus oh, he's a different. He, he comes is. all day, all day. Yeah. And I, yeah, as I said with um, Satili, the other thing I, you know, even when you're marking up on that edge, you're going to have Sam Walker and Luke Keary coming to that side. When, when you're marking up against that edge, I just think, like, you can't keep your eyes on Satili because you've got Teddy, Joey Manu, <laughs> and then you're going to have Suwali or Kevin Naguama. Like, that oh edge is going God. to be lethal. As they were last year, but I 
Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of points scored down the Roosters' right edge. Right edge. Yeah. It's funny you say that because I've actually Smokey Tupu try scorer of the year, top try scorer. Out on the left sting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, the right edge could be the best edge in rugby league and Tupu could still get top try scorer and it wouldn't. I I just think that, like, the way he played in the trials and how much was, like, I just think he's in for a big year. And, like, the Roosters, if they go on the run that we think they can. um, Interesting person, I think, or two, Lindsay Collins, he is such a big, big in for them. He's He's a huge in. Yeah, yeah. He's an origin for front row. He was a huge part of that famous Queensland win. Without Lindsay Collins, we don't win that game. Lindsay Collins and Christian Welsh. Yep, for sure. Um, he's coming off an ACL, so um, don't. I, I wouldn't judge him on his performances in the first half of the season, but for come sure. finals time, uh, he will be ready to rip and tear, and he's a premier front row in our game. It's interesting. You look at that list, you look at that Rooster squad, how much talent they've got. He's the only guy that signed up past 2025. He's the only guy signed up for 2025 and 2026, so that shows uh, how excited they are about him, and I think off the bench, him and Atoni are going to cause havoc this yeah, year. agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah, what a squad. What a bloody squad. Like, we're not even having talking about Joseph Marnie yet. Or Suwali, who is like the next big thing. Interesting, two player option years for Suwali. Yet to re uh, that get to activate them. The Roosters are so good, man. They're st- they're the masters of just used to be the Broncos, but the fact that there hasn't been an absolute circus around Suwali yet to take up his player option is so good from the Roosters. Name another club outside of Melbourne that would have Suwali with two years of player options coming up and wouldn't even be stressed about it. Like the Roosters would just be so confident. We haven't heard a peep about it. Like, Suwali is the next big thing. If a different head coach and CEO walked into Bondi Junction and talked to Suwali, the Roosters would go, yep, have your conversation, do your best. Yeah, We're so best. confident he's going to be here, it doesn't, sure. we're fine. For sure. No, I, and I think Suwali's in for a massive year. I actually thought he played pretty well when he did play. I was really impressed with his um, his physicality for how young he was. I, th- I think he's in for a solid year. Yeah, people put their expectations too high. It, it was the physicality that you had to watch, yeah. and he nailed it. Absolutely. Like, didn't leak tries. People thought he was going to come in and be like Israel Folau or whatever. But, A, he came in a year where there was decimated by injury. And we have to remember, Israel Folau came into a rampaging storm site. As an outside back, coming into a team that isn't, like... You need your team to be killing it for you to kill it, usually, if yeah. you're a rookie, usually. Um, so, yeah, I thought he went really well. We'll say this about Swali too. He is coming off a Liz Frank injury, which traditionally is one of the more unpredictable injuries. Yep. Uh, so just, uh, yeah, he's another guy that I, I'd probably give him a month or so before you start to sort of judge the way he's going because it's an injury that he wouldn't have trained on much this preseason. It's a really awkward little one. You, want it, you know something that's really impressive about this roster that won't get brought up really at all? They only have two players that I'm aware of in their top squad that haven't played first grade. That's Who pretty. That's yeah. White and uh, Graham before. <laughs> and White looked damn in. Oh, I think he might have played some grade, but he looked incredibly impressive in that. So trial White too. has. Yeah, can you double check that? Well, if Matty, that's the case, that's even. I think he played a couple of games. How last many squads year. could can tout that? Yeah. How many? How many squads can say our entire squad has played first grade? And you still don't have our boy on there either. Uh, the young 5'8". Name has escaped me. Ronald. Oh, yeah. Vulcan. There, yeah, these, this list doesn't have the developmental players yeah. on them. That's all right, though. But I'm talking... Yeah, the top squad, yeah. every single player has played first grade, or at least 99 Yeah, points. true. White, White played three games. Three games. He yeah, played he came three off games. the bench, I think. And yeah, what about yeah. Graham Tofua? Uh, I don't think he has. So you've got one player in your top squad 
that hasn't played first grade. Which is where a really shit season of injuries pays dividends. Yeah, oh, for sure. Like, when you look at that, any of those players could do a job. Like, there's no one that you... There's no weakness in that top squad. There's no youth that you're like, oh, shit, how will he turn out? Um, so, yeah, Roosters are in for a big year. SCN made me select it. I said Roosters to win the comp, but I, I don't know. I've got... My, I think Roosters, Panthers um, and Eels are, you know... Uh, sorry, Roosters, Panthers and Storm yep. are... Um, Probably your favourites. I just didn't say Storm because I was with Cam Smith. I was like, we both can't say the Storm. Um, he's back in the Storm, is he? Yeah? yeah, he's back in the Storm for sure. Um, okay. Now the Knights. Who have you got to win out of the Roosters and Knights? I've got the Chooks. SCG. Was it Saturday Arvo? Uh, doesn't get much tougher than that. Yep. Roosters getting the band together for the first time. Newcastle trying to work out who's going to play what role and stuff. I... Um, I know it's round one and you can't rule out any sides, but Roosters are probably my best of the week, I think. Yeah, they, I think they'll go all right. Uh, yeah, so Newey Knights, tough tough assignment. Tough, a fully foot, fit Roosters side, round one. Tough assignment. Um, but for a season, uh, earlier I was very concerned. The punters are very concerned. They've got a lot of money's gone on them to win the wooden spoon. I actually like what I saw from Adam Clune and Clifford. Um but I, I do think it's going to be a tough year for the Knights. Yeah, I, I was very impressed with what I saw as well. I've got to swallow a bit of pride on that. No doubt about that. They looked a lot better than I thought they would probably all year, to be honest mm. with you. And I, I think that Kurt Mann's playing a major role in that, the role that he's playing. Uh, my only worry is with Kurt Mann, we've said it before, he's too tough for his own good. Yep. I do worry about Kurt Mann making 30 tackles and similar to Victor Radley. You can't say to Kurt Mann, hey, just take it easy. Yeah. He'll tell you to get stuffed and go and make 35 on you. So, uh, which is no no negative on Kurt Mann, but it is just a worry. I thought the halves looked pretty good. Um, but I think they've got to work out a way to bring KP into this game more because those two trials, you can't have a talent like him not being... It, it, Need 20 to 30 runs from KP. Oh, mate, without a doubt. Yeah, for sure. However many touches he has, it's probably not enough. You mm. always want him to have more. That's the reality of One it. One positive was, though, is they played pretty well in the trials and yep. he wasn't a main yep. feature of it. So that's a positive. Yeah, it is a positive. Yeah. Um, I look at uh, the Canterbury side they played. I mean, my jury's very much so out there. Melbourne side, they, they were missing a few troops and when they did have their best players on the field, they did sort of cut Newcastle apart. But most teams... Melbourne will cut apart mm. when they got their best players on the field. So, um, I I had Newcastle as a real contender to finish last. I had them as a bottom four team. I still think they're a chance to finish thirteenth or twelfth, but I don't think it's going to be the tire fire that I probably thought it was going to yep. be originally. Oh, sorry, Roosters one to four. Yes, yeah. one to three. One I'm to three. I'll go one yeah. to four. Um, yeah, Knights. Is there a concern? Has there been much talk about this? Tyson Brazil has a player option for next year to my knowledge, has not taken it up. Could they like, – is he waiting to see what KP does, do you think? Yeah. Because he's a premier mate, back Newcastle role. might not even realise I've got to sort him out. I think all their <laughs> eggs are in one basket here, which I understand completely. Uh, but to be honest with you, it doesn't surprise me. We haven't heard much about Frizzell. Um, but if he hits the open market, good God, there'll be a lot of teams very keen to get their paws on a back rower like him. He is a true leader within – Every club, rep, whatever football team you want to pick, Tyson Brazil is going to lead the way there. So. I thought he was one of their best players last year. Without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. Very uh, positive. Glass half full stuff. They have the side Feedy Brothers. Daniel's locked up to 2026. Jacob to 2024. I think they've done really well there. 
that's the other thing as well with that trial against Melbourne. You've got to consider that the two Saifidi boys weren't playing. We've spoken about this the last few weeks. Mate, you take out your two best front rowers yeah. and most teams turn to water. In, so a, in a team that needs those front rowers. They desperately need them, yeah. yeah. So I, I I think those two are going to have massive seasons this year. I'm really excited for Jacob. I thought he was great last like year. When you look at it, Daniel Jacob and the rotation of David Clemmer. Mate, it's, it's, pretty, it's an unreal footy side, yeah. 1 to 13. It's just the seven jersey and the direction you worry about and mm. getting the best out of KP. That's Bradman Best. He obviously had a couple of niggles the other day, which, as we've said for a number of weeks, is you can't ignore it. It is an issue. It worries me because they yeah. need his strike. Um, you know, I, 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 the other thing I worry about is that they've brought a guy like Dan Gagai up there, which I think will be sensational. I think in attack, though, they need to work out a way to use him more. I just yep. don't – I thought from looking at those first few trials, I didn't think he was getting as much ball as what he needed to. Um, but still, you're much better off having Gago on your side than not having him. Oh, for sure. I, I thought he looked, you know, he looked uh, dangerous when he had the ball. Yeah. And I thought he was solid in D mostly. So I think they'll work that out. They'll work that out. Um, I think he'll offer a lot. You know, every single week last week, we would constantly talk about how many errors their backs made and how much it hurt the team. Whereas, yeah. like, as outside backs, you should not be making more errors than the forwards. Now, I understand you've got to take high balls and everything for sure, but their, their error count for the backs is quite high. I think Gagai will show them the way a little bit, mature them up a little bit. Um, I think we're in for a big year from KP, though. I know he was a little bit quiet. I don't know. I just I get the feeling that this may be the year. I, I just... I hope it is. I hope it is. I think this is going to be the year we go, wow. Because, like, if he has a quiet year, that, like, he is a superstar. Don't get me wrong. But do you think there might be clubs going, hmm, do I pay a million dollars for a KP? Like, whereas if he comes out guns blazing, you go, oh, yeah, 100%, million dollars, absolutely, no doubt. Well, I think that a lot of these million-dollar deals are paid on potential. Yeah, okay. So I, I still think... I, I, I think regardless of how KP goes this year, I think there's a good chance he can get a million, get a million. with the Dolphins, for example, okay. if they are looking for a, a big name like him. I'm not as convinced it's going to be a huge season for him, um, but I've, fuck, I hope I'm wrong. Like I it, just want to see KP carve it up. 100%. Yeah. Well, I just think, I think, yes, the captaincy outside looking in looks like we're just doing that because we want to keep you. Uh, like we're desperate to keep you. But I also think it's a smart move. Like I do believe... KP sounds like when I've spoken to him, he has taken it on board and really understood that he now needs to be Mitchell Pierce for them. Like he's got to be Mitchell Pierce for them. Doesn't necessarily play the same as Mitchell Pierce, but he has to be that kind of spiritual leader of like, give me the ball, I'm going to get something done. I'm hoping for a big year from KP. I really am. I think any team with a KP killing it in it can make the eight. Do I have them in my eight at the moment? No. I've got them probably after the trials on the weekend, probably 10 to 14. Yeah, I'll tell you the guy that I feel sorry for in this squad, and it looks like he's going to become a bench rotation, is Mitch Barnett. Mm. I'd be filthy if I was Barnett based on how he played last year that he's mm. not in the 13 anymore. I understand you've got to have Kurt Mann in there, but I probably would have assumed Barnett to get the left back row spot. It looks like uh, Fitzgibbon's got it. Um, but, yeah, Barnett coming off the bench with a point to prove is going to be handy. And that's where you're going to have Saifiti and Barnett or, or Barnett and Clemmer on the bench, as you mentioned. Pretty handy. Yeah, absolutely. So, interesting year for the Knights. I, th I think they're going to struggle, um, but it sounds a bit bizarre. 
the most important thing is they re-sign Kalen Ponga. That's the most important. Yeah, I, that's honestly more important. It's than on more finish, important than how they go this which year, which is crazy me. to think. Yeah, ludicrous, but, but true. Put it this way: if KP leaves, I, I think that you've got to you you increased Frizzell leaving substantially. Yeah, I think you increase a few of them leaving. Yeah. To be honest with you, so I hope. Um, and it seems look from what I've heard, it seems like he's getting closer to, to re-signing than ever. If you had said at the start of the year he's going to resign, I would have said, I don't think so. I don't think so. Now, I'm probably leaning more towards he's going to resign. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I really do. Just I before really we do. move on them too, shout out to Edric Lee. I think the last game of first grade he played was for Queensland in Origin 3 of oh, yeah, 2020. Yeah, true. He didn't have a contract. He was on a train trial. He's fought his way back into that side. Yep. So... Uh, regardless of what you think of Edric or, you know, you might hold a couple of errors against him in the past, good on him for fighting through that and getting himself another NRL yeah. contract. It's hard to do. Bloody oath. Bloody oath. Uh, now, so you've got them 10 to 14th? I'll go 12 to 16th. Ooh. What do you hate? But I'm not as, so much? as... I don't do I this know to we'll me. get those comments. Don't do this to me. No, nah, look, we're, oh, we're here to give our honest opinion. Just and, say uh, you hate the Knights <laughs> and we can move on. <laughs> No, I, I just think that they will be 12th, 13th. It's probably more likely yep. than your 15, 16, or 12th, 13. Sorry, it would be higher. I can't even count. 13, 14 <laughs> will be better than my 15, 16. Uh, but, yeah, I'm still, I still think they're only an injury or two away from being in a bit of Barney. It's, as we get close to the season, it still baffles me they allowed Pierce to go <laughs> instead of resigning him for another year. And it's my understanding Pierce. It wasn't as clean cut as like Pierce was desperate to go. My understanding was that he just wanted them to be like, we want you to stay. That's, you know what I mean? Like, I think even I was, not even I, I definitely was guilty of saying Pierce was the one that was like, I absolutely want to go. Let me release. And it was the Knights kind of saying, nah, nah, nah. Um, but yeah, again, to my understanding, it was a, it was a bit more grey of like. Yeah, the Knights, it's more and more what we're hearing. Yeah, the, the Knights probably could have kept him had they wanted to really try to keep him. Yep, um, and Newcastle, they've whatever that thinking was, they've backed it in. Mm. So fingers crossed it comes good for them. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, on to the Warriors. How do you think the Warriors will go this year? Uh, I think they'll do well. Another team that I considered for eighth spot, but I think they'll just miss it. Mm. I think they will need a good injury run. The forward pack is just full of absolute monsters, which I love to see. Uh, back rowers have got a heap of upside. Between Aitken, Curran, we're hearing that Katoa's had a huge preseason as well. One to keep an eye on. If he, if he lands on that right edge, him and SJ could form a pretty good combo. Hearing as a big bonus, Tohu Harris. Um, the Warriors keep saying round eight mm. return. Warriors are pretty conservative normally with this sort of stuff. Um, talking to the NRL physio the other day, he reckons timing-wise, he could be named tomorrow. What? His return. Yeah, so just keep an eye on that. The Warriors are all it's, – it's mission impossible to get anything out of the Warriors when mm. it comes to injuries. But physio said that if you put it in a vacuum, the amount of time he spent out, he should be – Heading for round one. Really? So I reckon you'll see him back, as does Physio, probably round three to five. So something to consider there. Once Tohu returns, that is massive. Yep. Big difference from round three or to round eight. That'll be huge for them. Um, yeah, I like this Warriors side. I think they've got good depth. You look at the halves. Whichever way it goes, you're going to have two quality five-eights or halfbacks that are going to miss the side. You've got Katoa who can cover as hooker as well. You've got Reese Walsh who will miss the first week or two or whatever it is, but he's a star in our game. 
It's a good squad, man. It is a solid squad. Hopefully, we get to see him go home, and uh, then we can see some real fireworks. Absolutely. I think uh, another positive with this squad, similar to the Rooster squad, most players have played NRL. Yep. And uh, my understanding, usually Warriors squad, that isn't the case. Uh, another positive is they don't have many players on massively long contracts. I do believe that the uh, Warriors are they're building nicely. Can I see them in the eight? Probably not. Um, yeah, probably not. But I do believe they have an opportunity to really build foundations to eventually push in the eight. Now, could they be a smoky for the eight? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I probably... It's really strange because I have the Dragons where they could really struggle and, you know, 14th, 15th. But I also have the Dragons as a smoky for my eight. Like, more of a smoky than the Warriors. But the Warriors, I don't think, have that much room between where they will and won't finish. Like, I don't think that... The Warriors will be a big swing side. I think yeah, that yeah. you're going to probably see them from 8 to 10. Uh, sorry, 8 to 12. Most likely around that 10, 11, 12. Um, so do I think they can make the 8? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I, I love Sean Johnson being back there. I think Reese Walsh, he looked fantastic in the trials. I think he's going to learn a lot from Sean Johnson. I love their forward pack. I think on their day, their forward pack is probably the most underrated forward pack in the NRL. Yep. Uh, when you compare it to some of the better ones, especially with like Fanul Blake. Um, Fanul Blake, you've got Lodge, uh, you know, Katoa is a beast, uh, Murdoch Masilla. You know, I really do think their forward pack is underrated. Bailey Sirinan may not even get a start. Tohu, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, especially when you consider the way the modern game is played, explosive athletes like so many of these forwards are just Penne, so damaging. Penne, Penne is well. another one. Like, yep. Yeah. I, so their front row rotation will be Fanua Blake, Lodge, and Penne. It's pretty fucking good. Pretty yeah, your fourth good. one will probably be Bunty Afoa, who would run through a brick wall for yep. you. So not, that's not a. That's honestly, that forward pack alone is top eight for me. Yep. Um, I, I think they are the textbook smoky for the top eight. I don't have them in mind, mm. but if they are there, I won't be. Who's surprised. more of a smoky for you, Dragons or Warriors? I'm. Very close to tipping the Dragons to finish eighth, to be honest with yeah. you. I think they're going to do a lot better than what people think. Mm. If you said to me which one's more likely to make the eight, I'd say the Dragons. Mm. Okay. Okay. Um, worst case scenario, what's the, what's the issue you see with this Warriors squad? Mate, I really don't have any huge issues with them. Um, I know that the hooker did well last year, Wade Egan. I'm just not sure if he's the sort of nine they need to take him to that next level. Um I know that Nikarima, or well, I'm assuming Nikarima's won the 5'8 jersey, and I think that's fair enough. But I wonder if they'd be a better team with Chanel Harris to beat her at six and maybe a Nikarima at nine. I, I just think you need more of a running nine when you've got a pack like this. Mm. That, that, that's my own, and that's sort of nitpicking, to be honest with you. Uh, Reese Walsh has come in off an unbelievable season. Uh, I'm confident he's going to be a gun player, but history tells us that guys that come in and have big seasons, they can sort of. Yep. Um, flat out a little bit. Uh, I still think he'll, he'll do enough to win them a lot of games. Experience in the outside backs is a worry for That's me. That's my issue. My yeah. issue is their outside backs. They may turn into... My issue is their outside backs and not an issue, but Wade Egan needs to progress his game. Yeah. I, I think he's a, a good, solid nine. But if you want to compete with the top sides, he needs to... And, and don't get me wrong, he absolutely has progressed his game since he went from Penrith to... Yep. I was actually surprised Penrith let him go, to be honest. I, I had pretty big rats on him. Um, but I do believe he's got another gear in him that he needs to find. 
Um, I just don't think he's the most suited hooker to this team. This team, okay. That's, and that's not an insult to Wade Egan. I think if you put Wade Egan in a few other sides, I, I think he'd be more suited to them. I actually think he'd suit like a an Eels. I was just about to say Parramatta. Yeah. yeah I think you, I think with a Parramatta side that is so heavily reliant on their 6-7-1, mm. you could get away with having an Egan sort of footballer there. Mm. I think at the Roosters, he'd be just fine as yep. well. Uh, but I think at this side with the forward pack they've got, they need to play front foot footy. He needs to be able to, as soon as there's an offload, you need a nine. He, that he can doesn't just. have a bad running game. I think his running game's okay. He doesn't really use it that much. Yeah, if I'm playing the Warriors, though, I don't have Wade Egan running game on yep, the whiteboard. Good point. Whereas Cody Nicarima, I'm going, oh, Cody Nicarima, I'm going, fuck, I need to be every single offload. I need, our, our, we need to wrap up the football on every single play here. Should they look at rotating Egan and, and Nicarima? They should have last year. They okay. didn't. So I'm, I'm not convinced they will. Um, yeah, that's – but, yeah, the, the, the inexperience in the outside backs, there's a couple of guys there that I absolutely love. Rocco Berry, uh, Valia, I love these guys, but they are inexperienced. Edward Cossey's another one, Montoya. I mean, outside of DWZ, you're looking at a very inexperienced back line, especially now that you've got Aitken playing in the back row. And, you know, DWZ, very inconsistent himself. Tough as nails, great to have him on your team, but he's going to have errors in him, you know that. Yeah. I mean, I think even in the trials, he had a couple errors in him. He's always um, going to have errors in him. Yeah. That's the one thing I wish, I just wish he could get out of his game. Oh, if he got it out of his game, he'd be anything to yeah. WZ. Because I'm such a fan. His ball running is just so good for your team. Like, it, it, it arcs the boys up, everything. If you get through a game with, like, maybe one error every second game, man. He, I'd love he, to see if you asked every... NRL player who's you know who, who's the hardest guy to tackle one on one. I reckon he'd be up there. Yeah, I reckon he'd get a lot more votes than what people are anticipating. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, just to find that form again that saw him as like a really young New Zealand debutant. I think he captained New Zealand as well. Yeah. Like there was a period there where he was one of the best outside backs in the game. So hopefully he can find that form again. Um, look, I think it's solid signs for the for the um, the Warriors. I think if they finish in the eight, it's a it's a win. Uh, eight, nine, tenth, it's is solid. Them making the eight might be dependent on when they get home. Yeah, true. If they get home earlier and they play more home games, uh, it could be anything for the Warriors. But, yeah, there, there's a lot oh. of variables going into that that's out of their control as well. But, um, yeah, I think they're definitely a smoky for the eight. Whether they're there or not remains to be seen. And look who they play, the Dragons. How do they good? play the Dragons, I think? What's the team? They do? Dragons. So, I mean, what a what a, a gauge to see how you are. You know, like the Warriors and Dragons. Pretty good game, wasn't it? Yeah, they're kind of in the same spot. Remember that famous uh, famous game they had after the lockdown where Warriors nearly completed every set they had with no errors? Remember that? Yeah. Or was it Dragons that did that? It was Warriors, Warriors. Like 44 from 45 or something. Yeah, and the error was in like at the end. minute. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. Um, fuck, Zach Lomax looks special. <laughs> He's special, bro. That move the other day. Wow. Was, I won't send you in and do another Mark Gasnier spin, but Mate. fuck. He's fucking, yeah. Uh, look, I like the, I like the Dragons. It's, I think they're building nicely. I think that Hook's done everything right in the position that he was in. But the question against Hook has always been, can he take that next, next step? You know, he can build a roster. He did it at Penrith Panthers. They were top four side. Broncos, he had... You know, decent success. Not not great success, but decent. But he's never really been able to take that next step. 
is that the same read you get with hook or yeah yeah i mean and you you know hook a lot better than me there are a lot of there's a lot of things throughout his coaching career that really puzzle me yeah puzzle but me it too. always just seems to work out to mm. some extent for hook it never seems to be a complete and utter tire fire like i anticipate it will be same as last year for the dragons i remember watching him in that charity shield and going have these blokes met each other yeah, before like yeah. what is going on then I've said it a few times. I stand by it. They were a barbecue away from playing finals footy last year. I think that they'll go very, very close to it this year. I've got them and the Canberra Raiders. They're my two teams. I've got in eighth at the moment. I'm having trouble splitting them. I think the first few weeks will give us a pretty good idea. But I just love the depth in this side. Mm. I mean, I, I haven't gone through it to check how many guys haven't played first grade. But just scrolling my eyes through it now, I think that every single player here, I'm confident that every single player has played first grade. Even Fa'a Musuli? Fa'a Musuli? Yep, he played last year. Did he? Wow. Yep, every single player there has played first grade. I think the least experienced would be the front rower, uh, Jaden Hunt, who's only played probably two or three games, but everyone else has played first grade. So, mate, uh, you mentioned um, the right centre, Lomax. What about the left centre? I know, Moses Suli. Eat your heart out. I was still, I, I put up something about him the other day, um, saying that uh, you know if he once he works out how good he is, it could be anything. And nice, nice, who sent me a message and said, "Mate, I remember sitting with him five years ago when he wanted to quit rugby league, mm. and we just said you'll be the best centre in rugby league in a couple of years mm. if you want." And I still don't think he's realised how good he can be. Oh, and he's, he's not just even close. so damaging. Yep. Like he is. A, He's one of those guys you just want it to work out for because it's going to be entertaining. Yep. It's going to be so entertaining to watch him go about his business. Uh, the man's Ben Hunt, though, and we're probably two Ben Hunt homeboys, and I'll always stand by Ben Hunt. I think mm. he's an absolute weapon. Love watching him play footy. He's the key to this side, and fuck, I was excited watching him the other night. Yeah. Kicking yep. out of his own 20. He just hitting back rolls, wrapping around the back of them, getting the ball back. Well, hook, hook basically, not only developed Hunt, but Hook was a huge part of bringing um, Ben Hunt through. Yep. Um, the under-20s, he was the under-20s coach, brought him through. I think he brought Maka through. A lot of those, like Gerard Yagi, all those boys came through under Hook. Um, so if there is a coach that Hunt is going to work well with, it's obviously Ben Hunt. Um, just back on um, Moses Sully, he's the kind of guy where I say, mate, I just need, give me 15 runs. I don't care how you get them. I just need 15 runs from you every single game. That's your goal. Don't worry about anything else. Like, obviously, don't, you know, get it. Don't make errors in that. All that, you know, other stuff. But all I'd be saying to him is just run the ball 15 times. Simple, achievable yep. goals and the upside will come with it. Yeah, yep. it'll come. Just run the ball 15 times. And if you walk off that field and you might have an error or two, we can work on that. Oh, but if you don't run the ball 15 times, I'm going to have an issue with you. Yeah. And he's one of those guys, you, you know he's going to make errors. Yep. And I'm okay with it. Mm. Because you know he's got the upside. To the upside those is crazy. Yeah. Like he's the kind of guy that will just tear a team apart before your eyes. Like when he when he came in for Manly, and just set the, you know he was very unlucky to not make that. They, uh, he ended up getting dropped again because I think one of the boys came back. And fair enough, you're loyal to the guys that were there all year. But he was incredible. He was running for like 200 plus meters from the center. Like, tell me other centres that have run 200-plus metres exactly. regularly. And as we said, we said about Egan, you don't have him on the whiteboard. Every team's going to have him on the whiteboard oh. in the lead-up. And every, I guarantee you, every centre is going to be shitting themselves, yep. Mark. 100%. Fuck. Moses Sully. Like, even a guy as explosive as Stargs is going to take a second to be like, oh, shit, Moses Sully. Because people don't understand how big Moses Sully is. And I think people, you know, he's made his mistakes in the past and everything. I think people still 
carry a bit of a stink with him that he's lazy or whatever. You know, I think think they they downplay his ability, mm. but opposition centers won't be downplaying him. Not at all in any way, shape, he's or a form. Problem. They'll be saying to their winger, "I need help." Absolutely, absolutely. Um, now, Amon has played more than four games, correct? I believe so. So he's out of the running. Yeah. If he if he didn't, you'd basically lock him in for rookie of the year. I think. Yeah, he'll be there and thereabouts. I'm really high on this seven from South Sydney, to be honest with you. Ilias. You reckon, really? I like Ilias, but Amon? He's going to be in a top six Amone's team. out of the running. He's out of the running. How many games has he played? He's actually played 11 games. Wow, so he must have come off the bench quite a bit. Um, okay, well, he's way out of the running, but he's fucking special. Oh, I think Amon's special. Oh, yeah, he's special. There's no doubt about it. Oh, I just think that these Rookie of the Year awards, they do tend to lean towards the top-tier the teams. Top-tier teams, mm. top-tier teams, top-tier positions. Amon will be very good, but this is this is Jack Bird's team. Uh, not Jack Bird. Ben good Hunt. God, I'm I was like, what the head. fuck? Ben, ben Hunt. Yeah. He's going to get a contract. It's a road call. Um, yeah, so, sorry, he played three games at 5'8", two games at centre, and the rest off the bench. Okay. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I... Yeah, I think he's in for a good year. I think he's going to do really good things. I think him and Lomax out on that edge are going to be very dangerous. Uh, but, yeah, I'm just – I think Dragons, I think best-case scenario, eighth. <laughs> I don't know where I put worst-case scenario, to be honest with you. I yep. I just can't – I can't see them get – like, when they were favourites of the Spoon a few weeks ago, that, I almost fell off my chair seeing that. That was just ridiculous. Uh, but if they were to finish 14th and they had a couple of injuries, I wouldn't be shocked there. But I'm – I think, they're, I think they're really going to push for a top eight berth. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. I think this forward pack, outside of DeBellin and Jack Bird, got it right that time, there's no superstars in there, but they're just tough, yep. consistent first graders, which you can get away with in our mm. game, I think. Now, we may need to power through these next uh, few because I have a meeting in an hour. Um, Dragons, smoky for the eight, but I've got them eight. Anywhere from 8th till uh, 8th uh, till 12th, 12th is where yep. I've got landed. Uh, West Tigers. It's going to get crowded in that 8 to 12, I'll tell you that much. Um, yeah, Tigers, I think I can't see them playing finals footy this yeah, year. No. I can't put them in the finals. I think they will be a better side than what they were last year. I think Hastings will be a good addition, but they've got to make the right decisions around him. Mm. Um, I, I think the entire outcome of this season hangs in the balance of what they do with Dewey when he returns. Yep. If they play him at centre, I'm very down on them all of a sudden. If they play him at 5'8", and they might have to have some tough conversations, I think that's the way they have to go. I don't think they can afford to have him at centre personally. Yeah, I, I just... Um, although Hastings coming, back, uh, Hastings coming back to the NRL is a fantastic get, uh, I just... I can't see these... I can't see them making that. I really can't. If they do... Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, Absolutely fantastic. And good on them because, you know, the amount of negative pressure Tigers cough, you know, just massive. And, and, you know, we speak, you know, not – we don't give them raps each week as well. So I, sometimes I I struggle – sometimes I feel really bad when I'm speaking about Tigers because, like, you don't want to come in every week and be like, oh, my God, what happened here? What happened there? Um, and, and to be really fair, we did say they had the best off-season, relatively speaking – um, but after watching the trials, I just I can't see them making the eight. I really can't. Uh, I thought they looked good, solid. I thought Hastings, you know, really did make them look different. But can they can they challenge your Raiders? Can they challenge a, a Warriors week in week out around that eight? You know what I mean? The play the teams are going to be around that spot. Um, even Sharks are going to be around that spot. Um, 
so yeah, I, I just, I just can't. I just can't. I, as I said, I do feel sorry. I, we don't mean to rag on the Tigers, but at the same time, we have to give our honest opinion of where we feel they are. Yeah, and look, we give our honest opinion. We also said how much of a great signing Api Curacao was. We said how much of a great signing Isaiah Papali'i was. We've been very positive on Jackson Hastings. They're heading in the right direction. Oh, I just don't think they can sure. play finals footy this yeah, year. This year, but and fifty percent of the competition can't. That's, that's the reality. Oh, for of it. sure, for sure. But next year with Api Curacao. With uh, Isaiah Papali'i, you know. Stefano will be a year older yep. to a luggy. Hopefully yep. he's still there. Will remain to be seen. Yeah. It, they're heading in the right direction. There's no doubt about that in any way, shape or form. I just don't see them being in the top 50% of this competition. That's a bloody hard competition. Absolutely. Absolutely. But they're making the right steps forward. Absolutely. Yep. There's no doubt about that. I think Sean Bloor is a massive loss for them. Huge loss. He's As such is, a good they're, player. Like, they're, they're missing Adam Dewey, which will hurt. Also, the next guy that would have been in is probably t- Tommy Talao. That's mm. a loss for them, yeah. too. Like, Tommy Talao's a gun, young yeah. gun. Um, so, yeah, Tigers, I've actually got 12 to 16. Um, Melbourne Storm. Now, we all know how crazy is it seeing that five-year deal. Holy shit. Jack I was saying to uh, Matty before, there's only two guys in the NRL that are signed up to 2027, Jack Howarth and... Tamalolo, which wow. is crazy to think about where those two guys are in their man. careers. Yeah, exactly. Congratulations, that dude. Um, now, wow, Cam Munster can sign with another club at the end of this year. Holy shit. That's scary times. Uh, look, let's get out. We all know Storm every year, great roster, fantastic. So let's get out of the way. They'll be in the top three. My only concern is their depth in the middle. That's yep. my only concern. It's a big worry, for sure. They're they probably... get a couple injuries there. Yeah, they're one or two injuries away from it being a little bit of a problem, I think. Uh, and I mean, the one that I was excited about this preseason was Tepai Moroa, that he's got huge upside. We got to their last trial, they picked a 30-man squad. He played reserve grade, so yeah, wow. that's that's a bit of a worry for me. Um, Howarth, I'm huge on him. I'll be honest, he didn't impress me as much as I thought he would in the trials. I think he's still a little bit raw. Uh, yeah, he's way too, still too green. Yep. Uh, I think he may jag a bench spot. Just because they have uh, committed so much to him. Do you know what I mean? Like he's, they've committed so much to him, so let's develop him as much as possible. Uh, again, I know this sounds absolutely stupid. Who would go against the, the maestro Craig Bellamy? I just don't think he's a centre. I think he's a fucking good back rower. Um, and if I was the coach, thank God I'm not. But if I was a coach, my job this year would be developing him, him to replace Kafusi or Bromwich. I don't think he'll get a round one spot. You don't reckon get a 17? I don't yeah. think so. I yeah. think they'll go with Nelson on the bench. I think they'll get a, one of these other front rowers, and then I think they'll go Tommy Eisenhuth as well. Then they'll probably have a utility. Yep, I can see um, that. I think long-term he's going to be a star. I'm so confident of that, but I think he's got time. He's got to play more, more and more Queensland Cup. Um, yeah. I think by the end of the year, he's cemented a bench spot. Yeah, I think by the end of the year, yes. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I think he'll be named in the twenty-five man squad that they have to name tomorrow. Yep, yep. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting when you look at their side. Only four guys that are signed for twenty twenty-four and beyond is well, in twenty twenty-four is Howarth, Pappenhausen, Remus Smith, Christian Walsh. Pretty handy four to have, but interesting times. Yeah, very interesting time. They got a lot of players that are off contract soon. Um, yeah, Melbourne Storm top three for me. Yeah, top three. Top three. Shocking season, they might finish fourth. Yeah, in a bad season, they'll finish fourth. Uh, watch the Cam Munster space, though. The fact that he can sign with another club at the end of this year is, wow, that's big. Is big. Uh, Smithy high on Munster this year? Is he excited about him? Or? Yeah, he seems excited. Um, yeah, I, 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 he was he was definitely shocked at the length of the uh, Haworth deal. Um, 
but not not in a negative way. He was just like, you know, far out. That's that's massive. Uh, but yeah, he he he's picked the Storm to win the comp this year. Um, I won't talk any more about what we spoke about in front oh, That prelim must be stinging bellyache. Yeah, yeah. Well, was that, we actually had bellyache on the podcast and oh, spoke yeah. to him, and, and it's just funny watching Cameron Smith trying to G him up, just saying, like, you know, so where do you predict you're going to finish? And bellyache hates giving predictions. And bellyache was like, mate, I just hope we have a good training session tomorrow, mate. Um, yeah, so, no, no, uh, Cam Smith, he picked the Storm to win the comp, so he's still very, very bullish on the Storm. Uh, Parry Eels. Very impressive trial. Uh, absolutely gave it to Penrith. Um, spine looks incredible. Who, who did they play week one? Gold Coast. Not a bad start for Parramatta. Yep. I'll, I'll back the Eels to win that one. Uh, got a lot of depth in their squad. They'll be essentially 1-17 to apart from Nathan Brown, I believe. Yep. Other than that, they'll be ready to rip and tear. So, yeah, I'll take Parramatta in that one. And I think their worst-case scenario, I think they finish sixth. Yep. Best case scenario, fourth. Yeah, I've got them uh, three to six. So they, the best case scenario is third, yep. sixth. Um, if everything goes as well as last year for them, and even though they had that back end year that struggled, it sounds crazy. And I know it's because he's cool, but them having a premiership threat all hinges on is Dylan Brown going to become the player we know he can be? Yeah, is he going to take that next step? Because he, he needs to be the weapon that they have that you know takes them into the territory of, of going against the big dog teams. Uh, Similar to what we said about Cronulla, that they're a team that could be a smoky for top four because they don't lose any players to origin. Who's Parramatta going to lose? Uh, yeah, not many. Paulo? Maybe Paulo. That, if Grant's injured, they might lose Marnie. Other than that... I, yeah. I think Paulo's the only one that they definitely will lose for that period. I do believe that if you're a para, this has got to be the year. This is it. Otherwise, it's going to be in another two to three years again, I think. Or another 24 months where you might yeah. challenge. They won't use the R word rebuild, but I think to some extent it will be. It won't be a complete rebuild, but I think they will have to rebuild a It'll little bit. It'll be like, I think, a little plateau maybe. They've yep. got to find a place for remarking. You, oh, I, I don't, you, you can't win a competition based on how the, t- the top three teams in this league are right now if you're rebuilding or plateauing. Yeah, That's no, the reality sure. of it. Um, but I, I love what the Eels have done and, you know, for many years now, Matt, you would back me up on this. I've been fighting the mob, fighting the mob, the anti-para mob of, like, the amount of times where, you know, they bow out in finals and fucking need to get rid of Moses, you need to get rid of Arthur. And I've said, guys, do you realise where they've come from? Like, yeah. it's, it takes time to build into a premiership threat. And I believe, even though they bowed out against Parramatta, uh, against the Panthers this year, I believe each year they have shown progress. Do you agree or disagree? Yeah, look, I've been, I've been one of those ones you've been fighting for quite some time, to be fair. I won't hide away from that. <laughs> um, I thought last year against Penrith, they didn't deserve to lose. I thought they played really well in that game. Uh, they were probably just one or two key blokes that were out away from potentially winning that one. Yeah, once again, though, I'm not convinced they're going to win a comp this year. Oh, for sure. They're in a better spot to win it than when they have been the last few years. But that still doesn't tell me they're going to beat these top three sides, which I know Parramatta fans get upset about, people saying that. But those top three sides are bloody good. Yeah. I mean, out of all the years, this is, I believe, their strongest roster with the biggest chance to beat those top three sides, though. For sure. Because they did beat the Melbourne Storm twice last year. They took Penrith to the edge. And that's where I think that extra percent that Brown can bring maybe can tip them over the edge into a premiership threat. Um, They're another team that, even if they finish fifth, 
I, I think that they, they they know they're a good enough team to play finals. Mm. It's, it's once again it's about tapering at that right end of the season. Yep. For sure, for sure. Um, so, do I think that they're in the same ballpark as the top three? Not yet, but do I think this is the best chance the Eels have had in the last decade to challenge for a premiership? I think so. Yeah, it's and this is credit to Parramatta because they're in that top six conversation, but they're in the bottom three of that top six. They get spoken about in a somewhat negative fashion because mm. they're in the premierships game. Now, we get, could talk about them in a much more positive manner if they weren't in the premierships game. For sure, for sure. So, yes, it might sound negative at times, but it's a compliment to Parramatta because you are a true contender. But in mm. order to win, you have to beat those top three teams who are on another level at the moment. And they're in the toughest position because that – Three and down gets raided by the clubs because yep. can you promise those guys a premiership? No, you cannot. So saying stay and sign on unders, like I mean, it's basically why they lost Reed. Like, you know, they off. My understanding is they were offering him massive unders. You know, if the Storm are offering you massive unders, if Roosters are, you can kind of go, oh, okay, I'll stay for unders because blah blah yeah. blah. Um, and like, mate, there's such a gaping hole between Parramatta and the rest of the comp, the guys mm. underneath them. It's not even funny to me. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're like. When you compare them to the everything outside of that top five, yeah. it's yeah. So again, I'm 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 excited for yours. Yeah. I'm very excited for the yours this year. And I think by round twelve, we may be sitting here going, you know what? They are a premiership threat. They're def I think that the years before you could kind of not guarantee, but you could say, mm, I just don't think they're ever gonna get there. But I don't think anyone can confidently say right now they are not a premiership threat and I will not change my mind all season. Yeah. Fair? Yeah, okay. they're the same as Manly. They're waiting for finals footy. Yep. Okay. I know they're going to have a good regular season. I know that. It's finals footy. They yep. need to show it. Gold Coast Titans. Yeah, uh, Titans, I don't have them in my top eight. I I think they'll be bottom four. Bottom four? I do. Holy shit, Guru. Just say you hate them, bro. <laughs> I hate it when you do this to me. Uh, no, but oh, I just think it. the NRL is bloody hard. They've got a very young, young spine. Um, I just – Matty, can you work out how many wins – how many losses were they away from being bottom four last year? I mean, I just – it doesn't fill me with confidence, mm. what I've seen last year. I know a lot of people are high for Fida, had the most tries ever by a forward. He finished eighth with a losing record still. Like, I just – I think it's going to take time. Uh, I think that they're one or if they have one or two injuries in the spine, who's playing there? So Titans had fourteen losses last year and came eighth. The Tigers had sixteen losses and they were bottom four. So two was the difference. Okay. So what I mean? Mm. Like mm. I just don't. I know it sounds like a crazy hot take, but when you look at it on the ladder, wins and losses last year, they really weren't that far away from it. Yeah, I've got them eight to ten. Oh, sorry, eight to twelve. Maybe even ninth to thirteenth, but I, I do see where you're coming from because that puts them in. You well, know. Still, that puts them in thirteenth yeah. is bottom four. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I see where you're coming from for sure. If they play as good as they can play, they have a great year. They will be fighting for that eight position. I can't see them any higher than eight. And I just think the the reality is with the Gold Coast Titans, and I think it's going to be more so now that they're even younger. If you want to get into a shootout, they'll shoot with you all day. Yeah. If you want to grind with them, it's not it's not what the Titans are about. Maybe that's it'll change. That's their biggest concern, yeah. yeah. That's their biggest concern. Great attacking side, but sometimes they can leak some points. If you want to wrestle, they're not they're not here. Jaden Campbell's one of my most exciting players to watch this year. Yep. 
He looks special. I can't wait to say, see AJ Brimson uh, have a, a full year of footy. Tino as a captain, love it. Fafida, he looks ready to go. Maybe we'll see him go the whole nother level. Uh, I think their centres are some of the most underrated centres in the competition. Uh, Herbert and um, Kelly, absolutely love them. Then they've got Corey Thompson, one of the most underrated wingers and probably should have got a Queensland berth last year. Uh, I think he got injured though. Look, if they have the... Yeah, I understand where you're coming from, but I just think that they've shown enough if they can sort their defence out that they can be competitive from 8th to 10th around there, hanging around there. Big if. Yeah, I know. It's I a know. big if in one preseason. Like, I just... It looks like Kevin Proctor's not going to be in the starting team either from what I've gathered. Yep. I mean... That's surprising. Yeah, you just... There's a, there's a lot on young shoulders and I hope that they stick with it because I, I think they will be successful long-term, but yep. this year I'm worried about them. Uh, I think they absolutely need to recruit an older half, even if he's not, you know, going to play first grade every, each week, just to help the young boys. Because if it does start going south, wow, the pressure on them is going to be massive. But I think um, I think Brimo will be able to lead them. I think uh, I'm hoping that they'll go all right. Uh, North Queensland Cowboys. Yeah, this is probably my spoon favourites, unfortunately. They looked good the other day, but um, they looked better than what I anticipated they would. But I just think. Uh, We've just seen more and more of Todd's Payton's decisions that I don't understand, mm. uh, that I don't get. It looks like we'll see Taumalolo playing the Jersey 13, which I think hinders the North Queensland Cowboys. I, just, I shouldn't say hinders. It just you don't you're not utilising as best mm. as you can for me. Uh, the halves, I I we've spoken about it before. They played well. I'm still surprised that this team doesn't have drink water in it. I don't know. I, I just look at them and I don't think they've got the strike to. Compete with this rest of this competition? Yeah, I'm, I'm picking them uh, 12th to 16th. I probably don't have them uh, as wooden spoon favourites. Uh, got a spoon favourite? Probably, I mean, right now, I would probably say the doggies. Yeah, fair shout. Okay. I just think, I think what you're looking at with the Cowboys, this is what they are. I think at least the Bulldogs have growth in them. For sure, for sure. And my concern is like the performance of, the, I know it was a trial, but Man, that was a, yeah, it was poor. Yeah, it was really no poor. doubt about that. Yeah, um, and and they're no close to so many. I mean, yeah. Anyway, we will get to doggies when we get to it. Uh, whereas Cowboys, out of all the trials, I actually think they trialed probably the best. And you know, what? I I don't disagree with you. You know, but I just I just can't. I just think when when the crunch time comes, I I'm just think sure. Townsend's too good of a half to wooden spoon. I yeah, just but think Townsend has always been a good half, but he needs guys around him. Yeah. I don't know if he's got the band around him. I think he's got a good, a good enough kicking game to stop him from being a, a wooden spoon team. Like He's got a good enough kicking game to get them in a position to win enough games to not be on the bottom of the table, you know? Whereas the thing with like the Doggies is that, you know, Burton is not a half that's going to lead you around and we're, they're still really uncertain as to what type of footy they play. I just... Um, Look, okay. If they're, if they're not spoon, I've got them bottom three. Mm. And I'm confident on that. Put it this way: out of the Queensland side, they trial the best, in my opinion. Yeah, out of the Queensland sides. Uh, and I, 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 in saying that, their one trial that they played their full squad was against another Queensland team. Yeah, yeah, fair, yeah. fair. Um, and they've got depth in the halves. You know, I think Ruben Cotter. I think eventually they'll move Cotter to thirteen. They'll put Tamalolo in front row, hopefully. Peter Hiko is a gun. Holmes looked much improved. Hillam Luki is, is really good. Nanai, Reese Robinson, if he finds his feet, uh, you know, Hamiso looked really good. 
Yeah, I've got 12 to 16. They just struggle when they go away from home too. Yeah. And I don't think it's it's not a fortress up there like it should be. Okay, uh, doggies. Uh, we'll get through this quickly because I have to bounce. Uh, I just signed really well, but I'm still not seeing the clicking that yeah. I hoped. Uh, games aren't won on paper. That's the reality of it. It's going to take them a lot of time uh, by the time it might take. Coach might be looking for another job, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately, I think Trent Barrett's probably Trent Barrett and Michael Maguire are probably the most under pressure out of all the coaches. Um, if they finish twelfth, that's a win in my opinion. That's a massive win. Yeah, I think so. It's a huge improvement. If they finish twelfth, it means that they've probably won more games this year than what they've won in the last two years yep. combined. So that'll be a win. Um, yeah, it's going to take time. That's the reality. With the positive yeah, is though is that at least there is light at the end of the tunnel. At least Gus Gould can watch this year and be like, all right, what do I need to do? Gus now, is the positive. Gus is a massive positive. Negative is their salary cap is absolutely fucked right now. Like, they actually still haven't let go of the players they need to let go of to be cap compliant, I think, for 2023. Yeah. Um, so, look, I just hope if you can get Tavita, you can get uh, Luke Thompson, Adokar, Hetherington... You know, you get those boys firing. They really a lot can happen off the back of energy. Vaughn, Dufty. So, yeah, I'm hoping twelfth around the twelfth, but I think twelfth to fourteen, uh, twelfth to sixteenth. Um, sorry, we had to rush those last one, guys. Really do apologise. Uh, we will try to, we'll try to those last like three or four next week. Maybe we'll try to go a little bit deeper in again. Uh, but sorry about that. Um, but so what we'll do is right now is we'll just go through our tips very quickly. Panthers, Seagulls. Uh, I'm going to take Penrith 1-12. to 12. I'm going Seagulls. Raiders, Sharks. Raiders. Sharks. Broncos, Rabbitohs. <laughs> Rabbits. Broncos. Roosters, Knights. There we go, the Chooks. Roosters. Warriors, Dragons. Dragons. I'm going Dragons. West Tigers, Storm. Melbourne. Same, I'm going Storm. Eels, Titans. Power I'm going para. Cowboys, doggies. <laughs> Where is it? North? Oh, I'll go the Cowboys. I'm going Cowboys as well. Apologies that we had to wrap that up short, guys. I really am sorry. I didn't think we'd go this long. Um, make sure to grab a case of bloke in a bar from your local wear in every celebrations, bottle of IJ in New South Wales ACT, but also in Queensland. So check our uh, store locator. We're nationwide. We're nationwide. Check our store locator, blokeinabar.com. Join the bloke club, bloke.club, um, for merch. Limited supply, guys. Limited supply. Please jump on so you're not upset. You're not sending messages. Oh, I missed out after five minutes. Be ready. 7 p.m. New South Wales time. 6 p.m. Queensland time. Footy Cliche 2022. You got anything to say, Guru? Uh, beers and break even. Supercoach show tomorrow night. Come and join us and then come to DY on Thursday for a oh, beer. Oh, yeah. DY Hotel, Thursday, 6.30. Be there. First ever. First ever live show by a bloke. And as usual, I'll go and fuck myself. Thank you.